0: Talking to Billy. Are you got quiet now?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting <laughs> for me. It's flow then. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my, my introduction. I'm just going to sit back and just just
2: listen. Oh, mm-hmm. just about another twenty five minutes, half an hour maybe, before we actually introduce you properly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't. I mean, that's we why just, i got yeah. to put my name on, just so people know who I am.
3: <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't stick the formalities here. We just, um, we just, we just waffle. That's yeah.
2: We'll be. We'll probably tell people who you are in a you know, yeah. in a bit time. But... <laughs>
3: I was going to say, at the moment, we've only got three people watching at the moment anyway, so... Well, we, have a, <laughs> we have at least got one like so far. Like it. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's good. That's always promising. Yeah, it's a bit quiet tonight. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else on. It's. uh good on TV tonight? Any, any good programme starting on TV? That's the well, kind of thing to look out for. So, oh, there's I'm that all HMS on. Vigil, isn't there? There's that kind of a line of duty in a submarine. What's what? starting to write in the UK? Line of duty in
0: yeah. a submarine.
3: Yeah. Well, that's how my wife described it anyway. She said she wanted it's to a normal telling. point.
2: Yeah.
0: I'd, yeah, I have no, not what yeah. normal telling in years.
2: <laughs> YouTube's <the> a <way> fault.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not that out out <laughs> It's like my little kind of routine. It's kind of like, oh, if I sit down with a few beers on an evening. Um, I oh. always watch some YouTube videos beforehand. Oh, we've got a cat already. Um, yeah, I always like, uh oh, the thing is there's so many makers there's so many things to watch. you just get bamboozled with it all. although I've been watching a lot of um knife making recently.
3: Ah oh, yeah. you know a few knife makers? Mm, we, do. we
2: do We've got a few in the uh, in in the lineup to, to drag on those podcasts at some point as well.
0: Mm. I' actually I got I bought a knife from Jonathan years ago. The copper one, I think one of the first oh. ones that he was starting to make. He literally just posted it on uh, his Etsy shop, I think it was, and I just snapped it up straight away. But I mean, he's come on to sleep. Yeah, leaps and bounds in the last of last few years. The, these knives now are totally. remarkable.
3: Yeah, totally. Mm.
0: I was watching uh, one I'd today.
2: What's how Where you find them in from? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I was watching Tyrell Works, and he's doing Damascus, but with copper, like a thin mm. layer of copper in the middle as well, and so you get this kind of copper wave on the blade. Fantastic.
2: Uh, Johnny was actually in my kind of shout-outs for this week because of some of the stuff that he's been doing with uh, like San Mai and stuff, yeah. and these like, really, really pretty waves of copper mm. and nickel or things like that. In there. Absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah, stunning. He's got some and it's really, a,
2: really nice stuff at the minute that's um, it's going to some really cool people as well.
0: Even like the pins in, in the handle, like with his logo on and stuff, you know, and he's now yeah. etching his signature It's like, come on.
3: Yeah. Come on. Come on. Very nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean there's the handles and stuff now, and people are doing all the kind of aluminium honeycomb, like in resin and you know. Um yeah, it's pretty I imagine that's something that well it's like anything. Spent decades decades just learning the craft.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. As I was going to say, I, saw it, uh, I think it was Chris. CM, CM Cutlery? CM Makes? Well, Jamie, you'll know, you'll know off the top of your head. Chris, who you've made the 3D printing stuff for, who does the knives? Is that the oh, we Supply. No, no. Can't be... Not that chris Then must be different chris um cm something i'll have to look it up and put it into the thing looking at chef's knife he was been working on on instagram uh, earlier. earlier was just like absolutely drooling over it because it was just so beautiful i was the thinking yeah. there's just no way i can afford that it, it's got to be hundreds of pounds mm-hmm. just well, for the, you know, the metal I and mean, it was gorgeous damascus style mm. Gorgeous handle. I, the shape was lovely. You're just like oh, I wish, but it's it's one of those kind of, sort of things. You know, if I was a professional chef and it was kind of something that I could justify, then yeah, I would justify it. But
0: oh, I mean, you know, I've worked in kitchens. I was I was a chef for like eighteen years, and if I had one of those knives, it would not be going in the kitchen with other chefs.
3: <laughs> well, that's it's the
2: la- danger is I'd it's it? take it. So you know, personal holster. hmm Yeah. <laughs> oh, on the back. Yeah. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Just with yeah, a, little, like a, a little a little tiny paring knife. On the other side. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like bleed with his sword at the back. Um would
1: well, have like to do it, tra-
2: like um uh Deadpool style, wouldn't you, with the two. Just have one one proper two knife Tiny little, little knives. T- two little <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like if you had a little plastic fork and knife in the back. (laughs) I was chatting to uh, Jonathan uh, a little while ago, um, because I'm like really surprised he doesn't do any YouTube like videos and he make videos because probably just doesn't have the time. But
2: that's what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm in a chat with Jonathan. I chat to him quite a lot, and um, he gets a very very limited window to to do stuff out. So he's concentrating on efficiency quite a lot to just be able to. Dive in, smash out as much work as he can, get as many, you know, as many, you know, blanks forged or, uh, you know, whatever. It's he's got the process yeah. really, really beautifully down now.
0: Yes, yeah, just doing all the handles all at once and all the pins yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they all sort of rotten
2: in this in this WhatsApp chat because he'll 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 be finishing working on something and you know he'll just send send us like a load of videos of all the knives he's working on. It's like, ah. Knife, <laughs> knife, palm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it is yeah it's 1600 messages oh god now this is going to be really really just <laughs> annoyingly <good. laughs> yeah
0: and that's it you know it's just kind of it doesn't matter who you chat to like in the maker community you know they all show you stuff and you're always just kind of bamboozled by talent you know just seeing okay. the stuff that people make it's just like oh god
2: well i, I don't on i um a sign in a in a competition that was just like Mind blowing Just this bloke that came out of nowhere and and went, "Oh look, guys, I've just made this sign for a podcast that I like." And just, you know,
1: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> for those
2: who, who can't see, I'm, I'm pointing at the the um, yeah for the, the benefit of the tools. audio listeners. The tool sign that is uh, is that behind me that's um, not usually lit up was created no, no. by no. the the very wonderful Phil Thompson who sat with us.
0: Yeah, that was that was the the, the birth of the the podcast because I was like putting it together. And then it was kind of like, Oh, I might make a little story for it. It's really, is it w- w- kind of put a little backstory? And it was like, okay, it's, um, it's some old world, ancient energy source beacon that a captain and his AI come across. And it's like a derelict spaceship. And then I asked Patty, you know, uh, that's in the group, um, like, Oh, do you want to play Steve? The AI is like, yeah, cool. And, um, the, the podcast was Pretty much birthed by me writing a line and in it she says no life signs and it's the way that she actually just delivered it with that no life signs something just kind of a click in my head it was like oh oh this is a really good idea yeah
2: for the for the benefit of everyone listening is that um phil has a wonderful audio sci-fi extravaganza podcasty YouTubey typey thing um called dark star one which is uh, absolutely well worth a listen. It's um, sort of okay. like a completely original sci-fi story, but for the maker community, um, sort of starring the maker community as well, in and yourself? the various roles. Yeah, I, you've kind of taken everyone's everyone's kind of maker persona and amplified it. So I'm just this wizened old creature. It's,
0: it's like a wise sage kind of like because every, everybody comes to you for advice anyway for stuff i was like all right it's, i find it funny because it's like i'll have an idea for a character and then say for example i said to redsmith um what do you want to play and it's like i want to play a futuristic like ninja assassin from the future i was like sure deal
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so then i just like percolate just for a few days and i remember i was just like washing up and i was just, like tried to think of a name and it's just like nothing was sticking and stuff and then the the, the name sticks sticking in her and then the name sticks just came into my head and i was like oh that, that really works and he was like perfect I like and then the, like, like character for lindsay i wanted her to be like a like an energy ball like this really sassy kind of alien that was like an energy ball and stuff and she was like, "No, I think I'd like to be like a counsellor and a bit like a hippie and stuff and a bit bohemian." I was like, "That works as well, yeah. <laughs> Why not?" I've, I've learned to um, I've learned to lean into the crazy with it with it all because I was like, mm. "This is my idea. This is my podcast and my story, and I've got it has to be done like this." And that was what episode one. And by episode two, I was like, "Ah, fuck it. Just lean into the crazy." <laughs> Let people play what they want to play, and I'll just work around it. I'll just weave within that narrative with these people and stuff, you know.
2: It, it was quite nice It's sort of being because I've, I've sort of been involved since pretty early on, I think. Um, mm. And uh, you know, your sort of initial ideas—you were like, oh, "So it's going to be the story that's sort of centered around this captain." And then, like, now you are sort of reading the scripts and stuff, and it's like, "Is the captain actually in this scene?" <laughs> yeah, Well, <laughs> it to think I think like. Lots of chats about like all your other maker friends and it's it's sort of like you writing the narrative of what you'd love to see in the after party at Maker Central sort of thing rather than necessarily, well, that was, a, you know. A that story was an idea yourself.
0: of that was an idea of from Maker Central. It's kinda of like you put a load of people like that together and they just chat shit for hours and hours on end. You know, and it is a community, it is like a little family in well, a gathering.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, that's the basis of our show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just chat shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that, that I had that in the back of my mind, but it was kind of like, well, if you're you know, you've got any kind of well, it doesn't matter if there's like a crew or if there's people in an army or something like that, you know, um, you always have these little even though there might be a bigger kind of like group of people, you'll still have little clicks within that. People who get on better, or diff- and all the dynamics yeah. between all the people and them bouncing off. Yeah. So it's I do have to put like post-it notes around the monitor when I'm making the story because I'll just forget to put somebody in. I go, oh yeah, I've even written Lars in this episode. I forgot all about <laughs> him, so I'll have to go back and just like, but he's normally. I mean, the character is that character is based on the Doctor. From Cannonball Run, the one that's just smacked <laughs> out of his face all the way through it, is massive, big googly eyes. And I was trying it, to, um...
2: you've got this sort of like massive background in like nerd culture, yeah. You know, and, and that's that's just it's like the little Easter eggs that you weave into this. You know that like. Oh. I remember that from, you know, from something of weird backwater thing that only three people have ever seen. Exactly. And, and just, just only me continue. that knows.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's like like there's something in episode 3 when this um uh thing comes on like a tannoy like in the space station and it has like a little noise at the beginning like a little there's going to be an announcement and that is the like first two or three chords from the Firefly theme music that i've just morphed a little bit Nobody knows that I've done that until now. You know, it's <laughs> might go back and listen and go, "Oh yeah, there's only me that knows that."
2: It's beneath the curtain. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm always chuckling to myself when I'm like, "Right, you know, I've got an idea because I'm thinking how many people are going to get this." You know, I am actually using some sound effects from other films and stuff. You know, oh. there's the there's the cryo uh, chamber opening from Aliens. There's um what else have I got? Nostromo from Alien when it boots up at the beginning. That's the yeah. boot scene that I sometimes have on in the back, background and stuff. I mean, I imagine if it was ever to move forward, you know, if, if somebody, one of the bigwigs heard that and said, yeah, you can't really be using effects from other films and, and stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to take that out.
3: But like it's with... Um... Enough. They won't know. Yeah, Series 2 would be fine.
0: Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking, I was like, is it just? Is it going to be series, seasons, whatever, or is it going to be continual? Is it going to be like Coronation Street and just go on for fifty-five <laughs> years with no break, or or is it I just? I can gonna well be believe cool?
1: that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody asked me how many episodes do you see it going, and I was like, hundreds. There's no. Mm-hmm. You... The thing is, it's like well, even though there's like the big bad, like the dark star. Just because you've defeated it doesn't mean there's going to... There's it's like Marvel. Okay, we've just defeated yeah. Thanos, but... F- here's F- F- of... F-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like... It, it, there's nothing to say that there might be something that comes into the show, like in the first series, that might become the big bad. Or, you know... I, I, want, it, I want it to be able to veer off. So there's the story. There's my cat's just anything that he's not meant to touch. So there's like the story, but, you know, there's all these characters and it could be one episode where it's just maybe how me and Steve got introduced to one another. Cause she says in one of the yeah. episodes, I was very lucky to find him. But how did we meet? Or how did you find me? You know? Um,
3: and that isn't necessarily one episode. That's potentially no? two, three, four episodes depending on how much you want to stretch it
0: out i i I figured out who or what steve is like where you know how she became the way she is and her her past and stuff that's all figured out Mm. but it's kind of like you know the captain has a past um mm, don't want to say too much on that one (laughs) Um, well he was in the army i'm just going to put he was in the army and that's how we know as lars because lars Mm. was the doctor um something happened to lars that was so traumatic he just started like taking all the drugs just to forget but now he's taken so much drugs he, he doesn't even know what he forgot in the first place you know he's just always in the morphine <laughs> cabinet and stuff you know one for you one for me kind of um
2: <laughs> well i just thought that if you well not if when when you get Andy in there, there's a perfect character for him it's like random tangent.
0: Well I I still I've not come up with the, the the amazingly, you know character that's worthy of Andy, you know.
3: <laughs>
0: I'm still waiting to uh, to come up with it. Well I mean Andy, let me know. Well, episode six, which uh, the recording should be in today. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> um,
1: I don't think I've had
3: the script for that one. Oh, because you're not in it, that's why. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so the coffee is the benefit of the other cast members who might be listening, yeah, yeah, at yeah. <laughs> least yeah.
0: now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so I mean episode six um introduces at the moment two more makers, um but I've got side uh characters in there as well, who I need to figure out who can you know they can be because like episode three had including me had 34 people recording voices like for it um that was like the crew um all the kind of the the background kind of like characters so you've got market stall sellers you know there's Janie and um dandles i even got jen jen shakta from tested in there as well um
2: fantastic
0: yeah then we've we had um, Christopher De Burr. He was doing like things over the Tarnoy and stuff. Uh, There's a highball wife... in my drink.
2: <laughs> There's a highball.
0: Yeah, in yeah. my drink. Yep, There was a in my drink. We
2: had that line, didn't we? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was um, Christopher's wife. I mean, the funniest thing I've had so far was uh, um, I actually looked up um, alcoholic beverages in Star Trek. And one came up called blood wine. So, yeah, and then Emily, um, she was playing this uh, waitress, or uh, bar, barmaid called Babs, and I send this line to Works Tim, uh, two, bla- two blood wines, please, Babs. I either, <laughs> I either it kind of corrected me or he read it wrong, and when it came back, he was doing it in a Liverpudlian accent and went, two blood wines, please, babes. Like <laughs> but I didn't know he was going to say it, and I just like, oh, that has to go in the show. You know, it just has to go in. It's just like, that's fantastic. I didn't even know he's going to do a Liverpoolian accent. It was just like, and that's that's the beauty of it. I don't know what I'm going to get when I open somebody's recordings. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Rasmus, I was like, okay, I like Rasmus's accent. And he comes, is like this Scottish um, Chekhov from Star Trek. I was like, where the <laughs> hell did that come from?
2: So, because I'd only listened to that episode the other day. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm so far behind. But it. what was really weird with that is... That, that accent came through, and I was like, oh, "That's weird. Who's this Scottish person?" And I'd only been speaking to Rasmus literally the night before on a hangout, so it took me a good three or four lines of dialogue, you know, or, you know, back and forth between the two of you before I realised, oh, "Shit, that's Rasmus.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was listening, just going, "What in the sweet baby Jesus is this?" And I was like, "I was like, do I tell him to do a different accent?" And then I started like listening, and I was like, oh, actually know this is actually really good." I was like. All right there you go. And then like um, Mackenzie, who plays um, Stitches, I didn't ask her to do that. She just came out. She did two Such different...
2: Brilliant character.
0: Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, there, there was an idea between, because in my head, see, the beauty of it is somebody can listen. It's like reading a book. You paint your own picture. You paint your own story in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when people listen to, to the show, they'll have different ideas of characters and stuff. Um, But I think with Stitches in my head, like she's tiny, you know, she's quite small. But, you know, um, it's like in the last episode when Skip comes and he's wearing a really short robe and she's like, wow, that is a short robe. And but, he, but, obviously, the end of his penis is hanging underneath, you know, and stuff, and she can see it. And I'm like, close your legs. She's eye-level, all that thing, you know. <laughs> and now I'm that, writing this That stuff. mental
2: picture, that, that is exactly the mental picture I got, you know, so thank you for that. But, you know, that that of her being just really, 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 really tiny. But, you know, obviously him being, you know, a reasonable, I was gonna say a reasonable size of person, but it's probably not doing him <laughs> justice. But, you know. <laughs> Well,
0: I mean, I, I got the recordings from John, uh, first of all. And I, I was like, mm, in my head, he was very much like, what's his name? Zach Bra- Brannigan, Zach Brannigan mm. from Futurama. So he's kind of like this really brash, overly confident, like, hero and stuff. Um, but I just not made him as stupid as Zach Brannigan. But, like, in his time, you know, he, like, Skip is just like, you know, two oozes, john woo doves flying everywhere there's just bodies everywhere you know he's always walking away into the sunset with a woman over his shoulder or something like that you know so he's always in perfect profile and big, you know big smile and a group chisel you know he's just that kind of hero small waist really wide shoulders and stuff you yeah. know and that's kind of like i was showing different um people's uh uh places where they are in the ship so it kind of goes to Harmony who's listening to whale music and she's got the little gong and she's meditating and then there's Lars who's smashing his room up because he's looking for his monkey and he's got a banana stuck in his bum hole and then I mean, I write this stuff just going, nobody's going to say yes to this. And then I just get the recordings back and I'm like, oh, well, well, I fell for it again. But do we, do we some... all
2: cut out the laugh tracks or do we do, do some of us leave them in so you just get our our failed attempts <laughs> where we get halfway through the line doubled over crying? <laughs> I don't
0: get that many bloopers. Um, I got a few, like, before. I mean, I did get one that she sent when, um, when Steve says, I'm sorry, Captain, I thought you might have been slapping the salami. And when patty had said that she's that she just went oh geez like that and just started laughing and that's actually at the end of the episode when the music yeah. comes up that's i put that put that blooper in and um i think al sometimes goes like off kilter and i i think it might be episode three when you play rusty and rusty's going who's up for taco tuesday
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and then that he's like yeah, it was up for toast Thursday. know that shit. It was up for sausage Saturday. She knows what I'm on about. Look at her face. And I thought, oh, that has to, it has to go in because it's great. But the thing is, it's like I say to people, if they can do like two lines, how I've written it, and then just do a couple, of just, you know, whatever. And there's a lot of the times where it's great, and I'll I'll put that in. You know, Lars goes off on well, being Lars, and um, most of the time I I put it in or i mean there was there's was a bit in episode three when lars is going uh rusty bucket and he's going bouquet bucket bouquet but that was that wasn't in the script but i just heard the different variations how they did the lines i was
2: like oh they could have a little bit of a thing here yeah.
0: you know and well, it that just... sort
2: of test attack was really it just made it all feel a lot more natural yeah you know it's it the way you've edited it, it feels like we are all recording it together you know it's not just
0: yeah i mean it could be really um it could it could very easily just sound like loads of delivery just stitched together Mm. but i mean i've got to put it all in the software and level it and stuff because other people's rooms are different and it's all reverb i've got to de-reverb everybody so it's down to the base level and i've got to put everybody's i think i got like lindy's recording once and i had to boost it four times just to even get like an audio level. But mm-hmm. then there was just so much hiss behind it. It sounded like she was just in a room full of snakes, you know, because <laughs> I had to boost everything. So it's, um, I mean, I've had to learn, I mean, I, I actually do all the editing in a video editing software. I do it completely backwards. Really? Yeah. I do it in HitFilm, film, um, <laughs> which I've edited like videos in, but I just thought yeah. I can't be arsed learning another piece of software. You know, to do the I, I can do it in this, yeah. and then I can also
2: you know add visuals to it if I want to. Yeah, because um, like, I mean, my my background, my dad's an audio engineer, um, so like, I I grew up seeing things like WaveLab and stuff like that, which is like it's the that's what I use as well. Yeah, well, WaveLab was um, was like the, the paid for thing that Audacity now gives you for free. So like, I oh, I right. go into Audacity because it's it's almost identical to wave lab that i used to look at and watch my dad using when i was yeah 10 11 12 you know so like for me the, I, I i literally i'll, I'll like denoise it and normalize it and that's that's like the two things that i remember from 20 years ago mm. you know so i I'll, I'll, like do them and go fill out that's okay <laughs> <It's> Your your <problem laughs> well though. it's
0: it's kind of like um you know there's there's effects in the video editing things for the audio but it's crap you know, so I do all that stuff in wave pad. So that's changing people's pitch or speed or putting echo and reverb. Cause like the effects on your character that's mm. re- reversed and then there's a reverb put on it and then reversed back. So it has that kind of whoop up to the, you know, and then, and there's echo, but then you don't put echo on all of it. You just put it on, like on the last, like half a word or something. Um, but I've had to learn all this, you know, uh, first episode, I just chucked everything at it, and it's a little bit like just a wall of noise. It's kind of like, whoa, okay, well, I can't understand what he's saying or he's saying. But
2: but that's the thing is, even over those few episodes, you can see that progression. But obviously, that hmm. we're just seeing that in the in the sense of you know what it was like ten minutes the first episode and like forty five minutes the last one or whatever it was. You know that that progression over what we're hearing is basically like about two hours worth of total stuff to listen to. Mm. But it's probably close to a thousand hours of you actually putting time into it and learning stuff and editing and script writing. And, you know, so well, it's not surprising th- that you've come a long way in just a short space of yeah. actual listenable time.
0: I mean, if I had all the time in the world, you know, and money wasn't a problem, it could be one banged out, you know, if I did it. I mean, so the episode six was three quarters written when episode five was being edited. So then I finished editing five, finished six straight away, and then sent it to everyone who said, right, two weeks. But if I had all my timings right, I could be, whilst people are doing their recordings in those two weeks, I could be editing a an episode in those two weeks. You know, yeah. so there's all this constant kind of, like, flow. Um, but, I, do, I mean, I even made music for episode five as well. When Janie appears and there's all that kind of elven music, I wrote, I, I was just messing about and just made that on Ableton and, it's my little nod to Lord of the Rings. You know, there's all this elven. Um, I've got this, uh, Ableton library There's all this elvish like speaking that I'm having it swirled around and stuff. And I mean, I put stuff into the show, but I don't know if people pick up on it. Like yeah. when I start, when obviously I've kind of spoilers, uh, if, if like in episode five, when something happens and then Janie turns up, obviously the captain's in trouble. So when I start talking and start like he's starting to believe about maybe uh, the, the future ahead of him, you'll hear electricity just starting to crackle. Because you just, just like, and then i start talking more and you can hear it. And it starts getting more and more and more because it's building up to something. And that moment when she says, and so do I, and then it all kind of fizzles out, and then all of the storm, like audio, comes back in. I was just so lucky. I mean, I've got all this royalty-free music and I generally listen to the scene. I know exactly what's happening. And then I go, right, I need to find the right piece of music. And there's mm. 372 songs and I just copy them all and paste and I just go through every single one <laughs> and just try it. And even if I go, oh, that's not the right start. Well, sometimes I just chorus, so will that bit work? And it was the second song that I actually came across uh, when it gets to that bit. When she goes, and now so do I. And this kind of little drum and bassy track that I found, then the audio comes in, and then your character goes, uh, Captain, remember to breathe. And then all the lightning like hits the captain, and he kind of wakes up and stuff. And yeah, was like I was doing it; I was just getting goosebumps just like doing it. Going, this is fucking <laughs> awesome. I was like, because I'm making stuff that I want to listen to. Yeah,
2: I, I, yeah. I love the idea that, that you know you've got all this um, imagery in your head. That of course you're you're just trying to get all of the stuff that's out of your head and get it into a thing that people can listen to, exactly. And then get yeah. that into their head. You know, it's, well, it's it's,
0: uh... it's painting a story with noises. Mm. You know, because there's no no visuals to go with it. So, you know, when you listen to an audiobook, somebody's describing stuff to you in third person or first person, or whatever. But I'm actually that's the story in your ears. That's what's going on. So, you know. Doing that at that episode, there was there was eighteen different channels that was all going on. Like at some points, because there's the music going on, but I don't have the music right in the middle. I have it doubled on the left and the right because I want the audio yeah. to be in the middle. But then you've got the rain. There was three different rain tracks like going on, and then you've got the thunder, and then you bring some wolves into it, and then you've got like the ship that crashes, and then you hear all the metal twisting in the background, and then you've got the audio. I'll just keep adding all these extra channels because I'm adding all these extra effects. And then, yeah, so I have to constantly just keep saving it because hit film crashes. Because it, it's just kind of like, it's just, it's just like, you know, straining at the seams. i stop stop yeah, putting but, all, yeah. all, the, all this stuff. <laughs> but, um, but you're right. It is trying to get whatever's in here, you know, and make it sound. I I mean, I love, like say, pop culture and movies and comics and... TV, film, whatever it is, and you know what you like at the end of the day. And I just like mm. – I mean, people say to me, you're putting too many ideas in the show. You know, you, there's too many ideas being thrown. It's like, yeah, but I've got loads of ideas, and I'm not going to run out of ideas. And, like, somebody just went, yeah, but, you know, have have an episode, but have something really interesting happen at the end. I was like, yeah, what about the other 40 minutes? Just people just <laughs> sat around having a chat. I was like, that's – to me, that's
2: rubbish. You that was know, episode like, one, wasn't it? There was, there was a little 20 minute segment of uh, people just sat having a chat.
0: Or well, minutes. yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, but then I start crawling through dead bodies and you know and stuff, and I, you know, it gets a little bit weird. It was. I thought the good introduction was either they're all just sat having like a meal in the canteen or something. And I thought, well, why not have some kind of therapy little chat where nobody wants to be there and everyone's a bit grumpy and you know, is trying to like wrangle. I mean it kind oh, of like right well, I, I i say that making this podcast is like herding cats generally because you know, people are so busy and they're giving giving their free time to me, but I've got to try and wrangle it, you know, all together and, and um but I kind of like um I didn't realise that when I started making it, but that's kind of like how it starts when, you know, Harmony's trying to get everybody to chat and nobody wants to be there and stuff. But you know, I used to watch episodes like Lost. They put all these ideas in and they have no idea what was actually happening in the show and then nothing actually happens till the last two minutes and then you watch the next episode and then it doesn't even follow on from the thing that they dropped in the last two minutes it's like yeah this is rubbish
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, I I'd, I'd just rather just throw everything up because I don't know how long I'll be able to make this you know um, yeah. if it lasts 10 20 episodes I'll be more than happy, so if I can just try and get what's going on in my brain like down um but it there's all ideas that are changing about the show all the time, like I'll chat to somebody and they'll have an idea, and it's like, "Oh, I didn't even think of that, and I might go off on a bit of a tangent with the story or something, but I think there's just there's just a lot of scope with the story and the people involved, you know because there's like there's a well of creativity out there. So, if it does get more popular and get the views um if we're able to get sponsors for the show or you know some kind of funding for it or something, then you know you can pay artists conceptual artists to to come up with the the ship and the characters, and somebody might actually make music for it the visual just, effects for it.
2: I just love the idea of there being this you know really sort of like. Jovial, fun, sci fi based scene, and then one of the characters says, Oh, one second, I just need to get this evolution chop saw out to cut this piece of. I couldn't
0: hear you there, Captain. My ISO tunes were turned on. Does <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, anybody play really World of
2: Tanks at the minute?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one that every, everyone's doing? Skillshare. Shadow, Raid Shadow, Shadow Legends. Uh,
2: yeah, that's the one, yeah.
0: Yeah, we just uh, stop telling Lars to stop playing on his little Switch or something. And I was just, What was that captain? I'm just playing Rage, Rage Shadow Legends. Oh, jeez.
2: Oh, we seem to be getting into some dicey waters. Maybe we need a VPN.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Nord VPN. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you listen to... Um, so sponsors Who is enough anyway <laughs> yeah but <laughs> you listen to like mission to zix have you heard of that no I- i'll yeah. put you onto that that's a foot fu- i think they're just on the last season now and it's just fully improvised they'll have a story going in and where they want to go the episode you know, to go to um but it's completely improvised all the way through but so like, like the Dark first se- one, then. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> i'm mean, literally just winging it um but yeah, they'll uh, they'll halfway through they'll have a sponsor like on it, and it's just so blatantly just kind of wedged into the episode. It's kind of it just takes you out of the the story a little bit. Um, but if if you know, companies are always looking for new IPs. They're always looking for new ideas, um, and you know they could listen to the show, and it's not you know professional quality, but the ideas there, and you can see you know the time uh, put into it. So, you know, it could quite easily get picked up and made into like a PG 13 kind of Final Space kind of cartoon. Well, so easily. That's
2: something, that's something you and I have spoken about before. Is the, the kind of the vague similarity to things like Final Space and yeah, you know, and the, even with you know popularity of stuff like um, Star Trek Lower Decks at the minute and things like that. Is, yeah, well, that,
0: that that's all right. Some of it's
2: good. Sometimes I really not. enjoy that. I
0: I'm really loving Lower Decks. I didn't like I didn't like the dynamic at first. I thought the main character was just too wishy washy, but then I kinda mm. thought, like, well, that kind of the point is a pushover and he's a kiss ass, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, the, uh, the, daughter who's like the the captain's door too is like the badass like in it and stuff. Um yeah, I think it's just started again, hasn't it?
2: It has, yeah. The season two has just started a few episodes in. But mm. so's um Final Space series three has recently come out. Um, yeah, I've seen, out yeah I've seen it all yeah.
0: Well, well, maybe like, I haven't seen it. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well, like, we, we might have watched the, the first episode, and it was just... It's bonkers. Absolutely well, bonkers. The whole thing is bonkers anyway, but...
0: Yeah. Well, I actually tweeted after, after it finished, because I loved the first series, loved mm. it to pieces. Second series comes in, and Gary is just so washed down because they wanted other characters to come in, so he had to take a step back. So he wasn't yeah. this kind of manic, like over-the-top, like gung ho guy that he was before and um but then uh, series three came on and he's back to being like who he was which is he's just batshit crazy but he's Mm. just very lovable with it as well and um i actually tweeted and i i got the guy who plays hugh and the actual producer of final space like in the tweet because i actually just said i didn't like series two but series three reminds me how good series one was I thought Gary was just too wishy-washy and he was just too plain. And then two of the guys who actually are in the show and make it, produce it, liked my tweet. I was
2: like, oh, nice. Maybe they agree Could with me. Well. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a subtle, subtle dig at those pen pushers who decided to change series too. <laughs> well, this is it.
0: I think you know sometimes there's that old adage, isn't there? there's just too many cooks. You know, when uh, a studio gets involved and you've seen it with some films like Spider-Man 3 or something, the studio gets involved ruins the actual creator's vision of something and it's not what they want at the end of it you know i think it happened with the first suicide squad where mm-hmm. they they wanted to change it because the studio said it's too dark and then they edited it and chopped it
2: up and terrible well so i know you know i've talked before about that but like um like andromeda was really weird like that you know like getting four really good series with this fantastic arc that runs through the whole thing wraps it up beautifully at the end of series four and then the studio went let's make a th- let's make a fifth series you know completely you know you couldn't do it properly at the end of that yeah. you know and things like uh alias jennifer garner um they had this fantastic story that was going to run through several series and it was going to be this you know fantastic spy show and everything and then it sort of got to the end of series one and said well actually let's Let's try and bring in a new audience. So let's the, the big massive cliffhanger that you've just done at the end of series one. Let's just backpedal on all that, ready for series two for people who didn't watch series one, even though it's just got loads and loads and loads of awards and is amazingly outstanding and something like that. Let's just completely change it to get more people in, you know. And then I,
0: I think they did that with like person of interest as well. They uh, they, that they had all so this huge fan base and then just changed it. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, well, no, why are you changing stuff? But. I think just executives and stuff they they want they want views they want viewers they want eyeballs yeah so that's why sometimes you see you know five million different reality shows you know cooking with sharks or something because <laughs> they know that people are going to watch it you know or any or... and all that kind of yeah Shite. it's terrible stuff but people watch it so, and you know so it's these so i was looking at this this website and it's what all the major studios and stuff kind of dip into this pool of talent. And then you pay to this website, and you can actually pitch like a screen, you know, screenplay or ideas for shows. Yeah. Eighty percent of the the pitches and stuff is all for reality shows and stuff that are picked up. Um, yeah. You know, hand gliders, hang gliding to Mars, and all this kind of like just weird drivel, and it gets picked up. But it might yeah. only get picked up for one season whether, and then just like chopped. But they're just, they're just throwing enough at the wall to see what sticks, you know, because, you know, yeah, for product, yeah. one year it's like um, tiny house conversions or the next thing it's just living off grid or something. There's all these different trends. Um, I actually thought about um, paying for the website. There's a certain price and you could put one pitch in or another price, put three pitches in. But you can push the pitch forward, and all the big studios, even like Apple, you know, Sony and uh, Amazon, Netflix, they all have the executives that are looking through all these pictures. And it's you know, there's many uh, templates out there for you to be able to write a screenplay, or I mean, it could be made into a film. No, it couldn't really. If it was about ten hours long, I guess. <laughs> Lord of the Rings.
2: I was, I was just about to say, get Peter Jackson involved; you would be fine. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: you know, I mean, the sci-fi, but there's generally it can look really cheap sometimes if it's not got the budget behind it you know you look at
2: i think you know something like um uh, mine's gone completely blank but the um thumbnails in it and stuff uh oh event horizon event horizon yeah you know, there's a very, very dark, gritty sci-fi horror type thing, which would be a perfect kind of pitch genre for Dark Star 1. As, you know, like if you were going kind to of sum up where it's going to be, it's it's sort of sat squirrely in that kind of... Yeah. You know, I, ...sci-fi, I missing horror.
0: I mean, uh, um, I used to be really big into horror. I mean, I'm wearing a Evil Dead kind of like reference here. Um, I used to be really into horror, but... Um, I just had one bad experience watching one film and I've never been able to go back to it. But um,
2: yeah, I've seen signs as well at awful.
0: <laughs> oh, what's it? What did somebody wrote about that once? It says, Are, are you saying to me that they've actually conquered um, space and time? You know, they can go vast distances in space, but they can't turn the door handle. It was that scene <laughs> where they've got a knife underneath the door and they're looking and they can't turn the handle. And it was like, kind of morons are these? Go to a planet
2: um, that's 60% water and you're afraid of water. water. Yeah.
0: <laughs> didn't think that one through do I think, really. Um, but, you know, you see Star Trek Discovery and you see the budget like behind it and then you look at the Orville that came out with, um, and it looks like it, they had about $100 for the set.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was... Um, oh, what's his face? Uh, did a lot of work on the set, but... Um, guy who used to work with the guys been tested. Um Jamie. No, no. Um Frankie And his oh. um his I forget what the uh, what the studio is or we'll, we'll get the stuff and link hmm. it. But he um you know amazing growth. He's you know prop maker and it does a, a lot of really cool really funky cosplays know he's one of these guys who's who just he's got so much talent and so much skill and has now got so much work mm. you know like in the time I, I sort of discovered him doing stuff he was doing you know there was like a little tiny workshop and it was him and like another bloke or maybe two other people and they were just kind of doing a couple of little bits and bobs mm. and they did some stuff with tested he made uh a, like a life Full kind of like human style version of some of the Futurama characters, so like a a full, like kind of realized real world version of Zoidberg and Hmm. of Professor Farnsworth and stuff like that, you know, to as cosplays, which is like grotesquely beautiful. (laughs) But then he's done like Admiral Akbar and all of these other like amazing characters, and then he's since been picked up to do things like the Orville and doing work in like massive, massive movies. And over the mm. course of a few years has got this like colossal empire now, um, you know, cause it's, it's like that, that one sort of thing of someone realizing somewhere, hang on, this guy's really, really good. It's that's has got it. a lot of skill and talent. And
0: I mean, that's, that's one of the things I love cause you know, there's people that have done all these cosplays and they've, uh, I think they might've been at San Diego. They were going there with all their mass effects, like, Things there's quite a few of them, um, and they've got picked up. They're now actually employed to make the costumes for the film that they're trying to put together and stuff. You know, yeah. there's guys, there's the android making community, and people always like to make their own R two D two, and one of the, well, two of those, maybe three of those guys were picked up, and then they actually made R two D two for like the prequels, and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's just a, a nerd's dream, isn't it? Absolutely.
2: I was going recently the, the um, doing the. Um the rotoscoping for the uh finale of um Mandalorian. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh they, they they not to spoil the end of the Mandalorian, but there was a, a character appeared in it that was de aged and uh some kid just decided to you know have another go at it and did a better version and All the threw it out on the, Yeah, well the deep fake stuff de-ageing this character and lots of people were like this is amazing this is way better than mm. the original and it they was, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the out.
0: the deep fake like, stuff's insanely good.
2: Gary, isn't it? It um, is they, it really is. Remember like the the um the lightsaber effects from the Star Wars prequels. Again, there was a there was a kid who'd um, who'd done uh, like a, a lightsaber fight with a mate of his, mm. and it was a, a Jedi and Sith battle, and they did this fantastic thing, and he'd developed a new way of doing the lightsaber effect, mm. and then ILM picked him up, you know, because it was a fantastic, really realistic way of doing it that was better than, than their way, so they yeah. they grabbed him and dragged him into the fold, sort of thing.
0: That's it. I mean, if you can, if there's talent there, why not, why not get it? You know, there's, there's I mean, there's so many things that are made, you know, and just the writing's terrible. Right. Hey, oh. Oh, <laughs> it's like, okay. like, oh, I tried to, you don't know, see the bum hole. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, people complaining about the last series of uh, Doctor Who. You know, they, they love it, but they're just saying the, the writing for the last series, I mean, I've not seen it, but a lot, so much complaints about, the writing involved in the last they said well you know there's now going to be a new doctor and everyone's like well can we please get some new writers as well (laughs) because it's a character that they love and it deserves to have good writing behind it you know it's been going a long time
3: yeah 50 years
0: yeah um and people love it, but they want to. They, they want you know people to do it justice. And it's like if you're going to make a show with like a character that that's that's loved, you really want to have like a good story behind it. You know, like you want people to come back and 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 watch it. It's kind of with anything, isn't it? Don't don't do it half. Don't do it half assed.
2: Yeah, or cathast.
0: <laughs> I put I put like a bandaid over it. or Something
2: maybe
3: a catastrophe. <laughs> But, but you, had, I mean, you, you said oh, you said sorry. earlier, yeah. If you, if you managed to get ten or twenty episodes, you'd be pleased. But yeah, would you like to go to uh, yeah? Con- just continue and yeah. continue and absolutely, yeah. Yeah, as, yeah as, as long as you can make it, and maybe even one day pass it on to somebody else to sort of carry on the the mantle. Well,
0: ideally, you know, if it was popular and it did go you know and get a proper production and stuff i'd love to be like you know the little conductor little mad genius in the middle going you know all all of a sudden i'm going to some voice recording and then i'm going to go talk to some graphic designers and some vfx some guys you know i'd like to be um selling it on but be like creative director or something like that but you know um Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen with it. It might it might just be one of those little small little things that just goes on for a long time, you know. Um, Welcome to Night Vale, which is popular now, that I think the guy said it was like 50 or 100 episodes before it picked up traction. Mm. So you just don't know. All it only takes is the one right person to hear it and go, oh, I, I see something in that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all it takes. Yeah, If it pops up on some guy who works or some woman who works for Netflix or something on a weird thing that pops up on a YouTube and go, oh, what's that? Oh, actually, that's not bad. Unless you might go take it to somebody. You just don't know. Yeah, exactly. Or somebody will just steal the idea and make it themselves. <laughs> that's probably more than likely. So they'd have to pay for it.
2: <laughs> it's still the idea of using the, uh, the special effects from every sci-fi on the planet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i <laughs> just get sued by everyone yeah <laughs> but, i mean yeah i mean I, I i can see a lot of longevity like in the show you know there could be spin-offs if fast and the furious can make nine movies i'm sure that you know
2: absolutely it's the uh, it's the, the dark star one las and uh Larsen harmony Spin-off.
0: yeah <laughs> dark star suv what they call it, svu or have you could have in different places uh dark star leads dark
3: star two dark star three dark star four well dark this star is five. the thing which
0: nobody has ever actually asked me dark star one is the name of the ship but yeah. why obviously there's going to be others yeah, is there a yeah. dark star two or a dark star three
2: yeah or a light star one or no what why, <laughs> why is the ship named after the same bad guy mm. well if you go
0: back and listen to stuff episode one uses a phrase called the dark star initiative does. i actually dropped quite big hints in the show and people because you know you might be doing something else but there is big hints to what's gone on like in the past um even like in the trailer that i made i kind of put together there's a big spoiler, like, kind of ish about the ship, like, in that. Because it's like, oh, can you hear the music? So if my mic will be able to pick it up. That'll be Post Malone at the uh, Leeds Fest. <laughs> it's, really, it's really quite loud. Uh, I was listening to Liam Gallagher on uh, Friday night. I was like, is there somebody playing Oasis outside in their car? And I went outside, and it was, it was him playing um, one of the Oasis songs or something um well no I, I i do i do drop a lot of like hints like in the show so it just mm-hmm. depends if people are paying attention you know or not so in in the first episode when the captain's like in the body in the bodies the the limbs and stuff and it's like oh, i almost got it i almost got it and he touches it and he goes through all these things like uh there's the cosmic oracle there, like talking and then there's uh there's actually a dark star is talking in there mm-hmm. you know saying stuff um yeah, actually, no. There's two big, like, big things in in the trailer. Actually, which could, you know, which are major kind of like plot things.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like, but... so what? So what you really need is is for maybe some keen fans to start a Dark Star wiki, a bit like you get kind of yeah wikis for Firefly, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and all the rest, where they kind of look yeah character by character analysis and storylines and episode, yeah. episode breakdown. And, well, it's kind of like now.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, I'd love that—the conspiracy theories and stuff. Um, but it's like now, you know, we've, especially with the reaction uh, culture that's going on. You know, a trailer will come out, and then an hour later, there'll be a breakdown of that trailer. Like there was one for Spider-Man. Yeah. All the all the Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if there was a you know when the episodes came out, there could be somebody breaking it down. You know, what does this mean? What did this conversation mean between Maybe these that's two? The
2: next- the next youtube channel that you start is going to have to be the dark star one behind the scenes or the uh maybe the, the dark star two you know post-show breakdown sessions <laughs> yeah
0: well you've got like uh walking dead then talking dead and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah you've got, i think that there is a star Wars, star uh, trek one as well with um, will wheaton for discovery mm. i don't know let's do not know do so, you know, we could get Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, you know, doing a breakdown of the uh, latest Dark Star episode or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think maybe Dark Star once, you, you do a couple of episodes back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I did like the one episode, I didn't know whether it was just worth uh, doing, was like the Captain's Supplemental Diary Cosmic, Cosmic <laughs> blog or whatever it was. I don't know. Where, and then it's just me kind of like talking about what's just happened like in the episode. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm even doing the fake adverts, you know, as well. Yeah. I like, do like
3: those.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Lars had mentioned Revivitrol like a few times, like in chats, and then he just recorded it. He just, when he sent over episode five lines, um, I got them, but I didn't like listen to them just yet. And he was like, "Have you listened to the recordings, the the, the, the ones that bonus?" I was like, "No, what, what, what?" And then yeah, he'd done it, so I was like, "Oh well, let, let's do this trade. And like even um, James, Malton Make, um, I was actually going to get him to do the voiceover for the brothel, the Kimber Kimbo Casino and Brothel, and um, he just de- he just decided to do one about uh, Crestridge Rifles. If that's it. so I actually mentioned Mr. Crestridge in episode five, and I'm not alone. I've got my friend with me, Mr. Crestridge, and um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's just uh, I just love. It. I, I want people to uh, to feel like they've got like um, complete freedom. You know, here's a script, creative. I'm not man. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Ta- I talk to friends, and they're like, "There's no way that you'll hand over, you know, creativity and stuff." It's like, no, I love it because I've got in my head, how somebody might do a delivery of a line and then they just do it completely different, you know, and then they might just ad-lib something which is a lot better than what I wrote. You know, I'm not saying my way is the only way. It's, I'm, just, I'm just the one that's just happened to be writing it at all.
2: Well, yeah, so if you, you're getting us all into character enough for us to just throw any old rubbish at you. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like wanting, having people to be comfortable with the character as well, that's why I've gone all right, who do you want yeah. to be, who do you want to play because if you're not happy with the person or the thing that you're playing, you're not going to be invested and you might not mm. last that long you know, people have come in and out of the show um, for one way or another, you know, it might be time or stuff um, and I think sometimes people say yes because they don't want to say no but then they realise, <laughs> I, just, I just don't have the time and that's fine because you know. Just I think we've had four N8s now. He's mm-hmm. like he's like the drummer from Spinal Tap. You no, know, we'll just keep this <laughs> the revolving door of actors displaying playing N8 the whole time.
2: So that's going to be it. In in ten years' time, it's going to be you know we've got Triggers, Broom, and Darkstar ones <laughs> N8. Be, yeah, uh, six different <laughs> handles <laughs> and eight different heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
3: you I must mean, have I had. Want... You must have had. I mean, you mentioned. I think one of the episodes had 30, 34, 30 35 ball. characters yeah yeah so with the extra ones you must have must have yeah in excess of 40 people involved so far
0: so let me think so so like Janie came on to episode five but she was also like in episode three um and I've kind of reused sometimes so like little background things. I don't know how many, it could be more, it could be 45, it could be. I honestly don't know. It's sometimes, if I'd have sat down and was trying to think of episode three in its entirety, I think my head would have exploded or imploded. <laughs> but if I do it in really small increments, like okay, here's this bit of a scene, you know. But I just thought, like with episode three, is they're going to a spaceport? I can't, you can't. For me, it's sometimes it's very obvious when something isn't there. So, like, you watch some of the DC uh, animated films, and, like, Superman will be flying through Metropolis, and you go, where's all the people? They've got, like, two people on the street. You go, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a hustling and bustling city that just couldn't be bothered, you know, drawing all the characters in. So if that was the case, you know, on the spaceport, and there's, like, two people in the background, it's like, it's not very busy, is it? I wanted yeah. it to be like a like a hive of activity and like market stalls and you know there's, there's tanois uh the security they're shouting at people you can hear wookies and um all these uh things like there was so much going on like in that episode because you know they're going to two different bars the valhalla bar and the dago bar i quite like the dago bar joke it? But, yeah. um well, i actually don't think i actually called it the dago bar and it's just in the script it's not actually in the show um so you've got all the characters in the background like in the pub you know there's a there's a wrestling match and there's all there's there's um the brothers make doing the uh they were
2: fantastic they were, in that. yeah
0: and the thing is i actually lost the footage i i was like i it take me so long to get around to that scene like like a month or so when I went to do it, I couldn't find it. And they were like, we can't find it anywhere on our, like, discs or anything. I was like, I've lost it. And then they they had a project they were doing, and they couldn't maybe, like, record it. I was like, holy shit, I've lost it. And then I just found an old little, little drive, and I plugged it in, and it was there. Was like, oh thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but but it's kind of like, you know, they're doing the commentary and then you've got Sean Scrotum in there and the under-tipper. And then there's people shouting, Scrotum, Scrotum. And I'm like... <laughs> sending these scripts out to people and just like I think Dandels was like, our neighbors must think, you know, we're very strange shouting scrotum at the top of the voices in the kitchen. <laughs> and stuff.
2: Well, I mean, that's the thing, because you, you, you sent me a message saying, I know you've done, like, your recording and stuff, but is there any chance you can just record some of the characters? I'm like, yeah. It's like Here, Here's a list of things I'd like you to record. And it was literally just like, shout scrotum five times. <laughs> you know, <laughs> say there's an eyeball in my drink in three different... Three
0: different accents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got that from... um, It was... I think they were showing it on um, 8 Out of 10 Cats or something. And it was like the the hardest pub in Britain. And it just said, this man, Willie or something, he's found the perfect way to stop people from drinking his drink. And he was just this grotty old nicotine-soaked man. And he just pulls his fake eyeball out and he just drops it in his pint. And then he goes to the toilet. Like that, because (laughs) he's... I was like gruffy old man, um, but it just—I just thought that would be quite a good little joke. Like you know,
2: but like in my head, I'm thinking like the the, um, the prison scene in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and that kind of oh, yeah. you know, or that the the bar scene where they're at, uh, nowhere, you know, that kind of. That's the kind of you know imagery I've got in my head. Then you know, it's well, this, a terrible this, man um... making us think of those things.
0: <laughs> but it's just you know, like I say, it's like if I can like l- put so many layers into a scene. you' you're thinking of this, you know. It's like you can the music and in the background, and there's like the beginning. There's actually Han Solo's blaster, and there's an Ewok getting shot because it's like I don't like you either. Pew! Ah, it's just in the background, you know. It's you know I'm painting it that is quiet, and I'm like, is that a human skull on the wall? Tolvar's like, of course. Where else would you put it? You know <laughs> i want it to be <laughs> want it to be you know just like really rough but you know people having fun but not the kind of place you'd you know i mean so um i think torvald says uh this look at the back and i'm like uh what did i say now is it the, the guy the guy with the hump and the lazy eye Is like no lady with three breasticles so that was my little nod to total recall you know when I, the and,
2: and to um uh Oh, God damn it. So,
3: uh, uh, um, Give us a clue. Uh,
2: 42. Yeah.
3: Hitchhiker's,
2: Hitchhiker's Guide. Galaxy. Hitchhiker's, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, um, the triple-breasted hole from a 6. Yes. <laughs> you
0: see, if I was to describe the show, I'd say it's a little bit Hitchhiker's Guide, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, Red Dwarf, like yeah. you say, Event Horizon, you know
3: i get blade runner vibes
0: yes. yeah well the thing is it's like i'm uh growing up i'm like hugely into heavy metal massively into fantasy and i've now i'm making a sci-fi podcast with with synthwave music and it's kind of like um i think i'm making the wrong thing here you know like very very, up,
2: very fixed in the 80s isn't it
0: oh uh, yeah i mean for me it's like fantasy goes really well with like heavy metal and stuff
2: hmm.
0: um But like growing up, I love films, you know, like Willow, you know, something like that, you know, Um, like when Lord of the Rings came out and even like now they've done the 4K restoration 20 years later, it just blows my mind, you know, Um, just the scale of it. And the kind of, in a way, that's a good template because it's like, we need to do this and we need to get here. But every step of the way, you know, they're pretty screwed. And the chances of them surviving these small uh, you know encounters and stuff are so small and minute but it's all the tiny little victories to get to the end and even if you do get to the end and you uh, succeed it's like at what cost you know what have you lost on that journey um, and then I'll just throw a lot of knob gags in there as well there's <laughs> a lot there's a lot of toilet humor and a lot of knob gags because it's <laughs> because I can't help myself really. If in doubt, no, I mean, where it, to go with the story, put in a knob gag.
2: They're beautifully well done. You know, there's a lot of dad jokes in there and a lot of Austin Powers-esque kind of puns and Wayne's World nods and yeah. and that kind of, you know, is plays into my, my sense of humour, for what little there is. If, uh, <laughs> you know, classy sense of humour anyway. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well we're not talking highbrow like, you know, creation exactly. here. Yeah, no, no. I'm not I'm not trying to win any like BAFTAs or anything, you know. Um but at the end of the day, you know, it's just people making a fun show and it's it's entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? It's just, you know, it's forty five minutes of complete escapism. Yeah. Or half mm-hmm. an hour or whatever it is. It's just kind of put it on, just listen to it, enjoy it. You don't know what's going to happen next. Um, but the thing is, as well, it's like a bit of a tangent. It's kind of like it's the same as a composer or, a, or an artist or something. You spend all this time by yourself creating something. You don't know the reaction when you finally pour it out into the world. And it's kind of like even like with the people in the show, I don't get a lot of feedback like at mm. all. Like last episode on YouTube, I think Andy uh, commented on and somebody else. And that's it. It's kind of like, oh, all right, uh, did, did people like it? <laughs> like, um, but then it's kind of like I've had to just realize from making it, it's like two things I've realized is to be very patient with the show. Three things I've realized. Very patient in the show, lean into the craziness of it all, and just make it just for the people who are just in it. And if we like it, then that's a job well done, really. You know? Uh, Absolutely. There's, you know, I think sometimes when you're trying to pander to an audience, you just water it down. You know, if yeah. I was going for a PG kind of, like, thing, I'd be putting in, you know, like, our Star Wars, putting all the little cute things in, in in there so they can sell, like, merchandise and just, like, watered it down because they want to tailor it to, like, kids and stuff. Mm. You can tell. And it's just kind of like, yeah, but there is an audience out there for, you know, a, a harder kind of funny sci-fi kind of show yeah, yeah so
3: it's always people with issues
0: issue. yeah <laughs> yeah You're like just get some action in there get some like nice interaction between like people get some knob-, knob gags in there and some action sets and stuff i mean like last episode i mean you can tell like the fantasy vibe that i like because i put that into the last show when i ended up fighting the skullwalk thing so um I mean, I even had to do the voice for that. So it was like writing music for that scene and doing two voice like things for it as well, and doing the editing. It was like holy oh, Jesus!
2: I mean, just to just to remind us, of course, you know, you are a trained chef. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Just. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the there's no.
2: Yeah, there's no. Um,
0: like, I mean, so uh, GCSE, I did like art. Um, uh a level a level i did classical civilization art and design um as level like um sculpture then i did a BTEC diploma in photography and audio visual and then i ended up becoming a chef <laughs> i was kind of like oh right i just kind of i was working in a pub one day and was all oh, i need someone need to come and just wash up and um maybe help with starters and then like two weeks in, the, the chef broke his collarbone in and they ended up just working as the chef and just stayed as a chef. for I think a chef for like 18 years. As, as, you, do. <laughs> as you do. As you kind of, do. I just kind of turned around one day and went, what the fuck happened? All
2: oh, right, That was a long shift. Because um, I mean, you, sort of, you, you, you basically came out of chefing and thought, I might, I might just make stuff. Well,
0: I came home. Uh, so I was head chef at this um, deli. And wasn't really like enjoying it and stuff. And I came home one day and somebody had dumped two pallets like outside my uh, flat. Um, and I just thought, oh, I can make some stuff with that. My dad was fair because at GCSE I also did craft design technology, so I was like into making stuff. My dad was in. So it, from my GCSE, I made a bird-like table but It was a bit plush and it had like bent plastic roof and it had a, like a bath in it. I made this nice stand and stuff like that within two days it'd been blown over and smashed to smithereens and my dad went downstairs like because this, he went into the cellar and he came back like two hours later with this kind of Rolls Royce of a, of a bird table. I was like, Oh, right. right." Like, like, again, fantasy based. I was like, Oh, I wanted a shield. And he worked for the elite city council and he got like a road sign and he just came home and he made me a shield riveted and leather handle and stuff. And there you go, son. and he was just incredible. You he, yeah. Um, you see, back in his day, there's no YouTube, there's no internet. If you needed to learn something, you went to the library or you mm. got your mate to show you or you got a guy in to do it. So, yeah. my parents didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, he was doing all the decorating and all the electrics and the gas. And, you know, they put the kitchen down in the cellar. So it was all like dubbed down and just all, you know, plasticed out. And he put all the electrics down there and did it all himself. You know, constantly to get away from the wife, he'd go tinker with his car for four hours you know, <laughs> to stop her from giving him more jobs in the house. Um, it's a long time to change a bulb.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I just, I've never again, see- it's not, it's it's about half the time you need.
0: <laughs> I, I know you, you've never seen a guy roll roll a, a roll of woodbine as fast in your life. You'd be chatting to him, and you just turn around and then you look back, and he'd be halfway through smoking it. He's like, "What in the hell?" But I mean, so I've always had that kind of maker thing growing up, and I've always been arty and interested in how things, you know, created and stuff. Especially like doing um, sculpture and pottery, um, photography, you know, like pinhole cameras and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, um, I just got a recording. You must have heard me. Uh, thank you, Red. Uh, so, um, where was I? for both oh, yeah. of the
3: audio listeners i just popped up a message that uh red had put into the chat uh which just said how happy he was is to be part of dark star one and has great fun doing it and thank you phil for organizing it
0: yeah i mean it's, it's a great character and he's not really been in it much but it's just like the delivery and you know like with the french accent and the delivery it is perfect you it's know he's not had a yeah, I mean, you know, when um, he says he says he's got a. So I have talked to Red about the character and about the the backstory, and that that'll be that'll be a very good episode to to write. That'll be very hmm, very the, Kill Bill esque The origin story. Yeah, mm, yeah, we have a bit of a Kill Bill vibe kind of like going on, um, which would be really cool. But the thing is, so I mean, so. Stick is actually got his own mission, but I mean the Oracle does, you know, send him off and to do like certain bits and pieces. Sorry um, about that, Red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the thing. And I, I mean I, I've got your your backstory all sorted. The, the Oracle, um, I can't say anything about that because that's that's going to be a doozy. The thing is, it's like I've got all these grand ideas, but. A, I'm going to have to write it well. The people involved are going to have to deliver it well. And then i to have to execute it, like, really well. Because I want some of the scenes to be, like, really impactful. You know, like the end of um, Infinity War. It's like just a punch in the gut. Like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. Yeah. I want that to happen in some of the episodes, you know. Um, I'm not saying it's anybody that's in the show at the moment. But there's going to be, like, serious you know, betrayal. There might be some deaths. You know, there's going to be, you know, like going back to Lord of the Rings doesn't mean that the crew will all have to be together. We could go off, you know, mm. do different things. You know, it can it can branch out and branch off into maybe two. Some people do say it's a little bit um, hard to keep up with the story because I do go from scene to scene to scene. But it's it um, only
2: five episodes in.
0: Yeah. You know. It's... But there's a lot happened really already
2: yeah but I mean you know you, you get that all the time with with all sorts of things you know whether it's TV or, or films or books or any kind of story there is that kind of aspect of trying to figure out who the characters are and who's coming back in and you know, yeah. once you've settled on on one single n8 actor you know <laughs> well I think I think
0: because like with Christopher um, I can't I, don't, I think it was episode three when I first got him involved. And, you know, so something, like I said, you just don't know what you're going to get back. I hadn't really chatted much with Chris, like online. Um, But for some reason, I just get this weird kind of gut gut feeling about a character and who I want to play them. Um, Doesn't mean it's the right choice, but at the moment, I kind of like, oh, but like with Chris, I was just getting him do kind of like, Little background characters like he was on the t- Tannoy and he was doing the uh the, sh- the security and stuff like that. So when it did arise for another N8, I was like, actually, I actually texted him and just said, I'm really sorry, but there's actually going to be no more side characters for you to play. And he was like, Oh, oh, well, it's good whilst it lasted. They went, Yeah, I'd like you to be full time. N8, I was like, Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's and he did the um cybernetics advert as well. Mm. I did a little fake advert. I really like that one. So it's like there's a, there's a scene in it saying about the the brain computer like chip. Um, it's only got a fatality like rating of like eighty two point seven. And there's this massive scream that was actually taken from Robocop two. When I took that, <laughs> <laughs> I was like no we're doing that. All right. But I mean, I mean, a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that I use is from you know like paid. Uh, site. There's like Production Crate. Mm.
1: Have you got the Wilhelm
2: scream in there yet? I have. Um, I'm surprised I didn't spot that one yet. That's
0: in um, I think that's in Episode 3 I think, or 2, because that's Public Domain as well, I think, isn't it? Everyone can use that. Um, It's in everything. It's in every single Star Wars. I think it's just a running gag now. See, I like the running gags that they had. So, I think in um, in in the second Indiana Jones film, is it the Obi Wan bar. There's a little running gags between like Spielberg and Lucas, and um, I think Indiana Jones is in episode one. You seem like I think in the pod race Indiana Jones, or maybe it's ET. Oh no, ET is in episode one when they're at the council and they've got all these pods and there's a little pod of ETs,
2: yeah, because that is the the headcanon, isn't it? If uh, um, ET being a force sensitive or or being a force user, um, yeah, yeah, you know, Yoda probably knows him, (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah, but it's about the same, same size, aren't they? I mean, I'd like, um, I think. I think with the characters that I've got, you know, I think some, you know, especially like with Stitches, you know, there's just so much room for um, artists and stuff to come in. It's like through lockdown and stuff. And I was trying to find, a, I was thinking of maybe getting into like Dungeons and Dragons because I was like, found my old fighting fantasy books and stuff that I had when I was like younger. All these um, ones, that, you know, it gives you choices. If you want to go, you're in a labyrinth or do you want to fight them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's loads. So I've still got like 40 of them. Um, adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Then I found Critical Role. So it's a load of voice actors that are from, um, you know, anime and uh, different cartoons and video games. And uh, they just come together through the love of D&D and they started this campaign just at home. And Mm. I think then they worked with another... Geek and Sundry and they started like halfway through the first campaign, they started actually streaming it on Twitch and they didn't know if it was going to be popular. And the first episode was like 5,000 people. You know,
2: they're I, up to I really need to dig into Critical Role. Jim uh, from Wave Cycles, he, he's, he's a big fan of Critical Role. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ashley Johnson. Yeah. He's one of the main people in it. Last of um, Us. Yeah. Well, I've never played Last of Us, but I've seen her in loads of other stuff. And... I just she's just wonderful.
0: She's great, yeah. Mm. Well, it's got um, so there's a guy called Matt Mercer, and he does all the games master and mastery stuff, and it's just his storytelling is redonkulous. But people involved are also very chaotic. Like there's a guy in it called Liam, and he goes, "Are there any bookstores around?" He'll go go, for, he'll go yeah. There's a, there's a bookstore on the street. What's it called? And there's the dungeon master then just has to make stuff up on the fly? and go, okay, uh, how long has it been there? I go, yeah, I'm just going to go inside, because his character that he played, um, he, was, he, just, he just wanted to read all the books. He was a magician, um, and he just wanted to learn like all the spells, so he just, he's always on search for a bookstore. So Matthew then had to invent on the fly a bookstore and what it was called and the person who ran it and the names of the titles of the books that he was picking up off the shelf and stuff. It's insane. You I mean, like, can do that.
2: We know that if that if that kind of situation happened with you, it would be um, Bernard Black would be running it.
0: Oh yeah, some of some of those episodes were fantastic. I love Black Books. Uh, I mean, you know, the stupidity. You know, like the the episode when Bill Bailey's inside the piano playing the piano with spoons <laughs> with and spoons. stuff. <laughs> You know, one episode where he gets locked in the store and he drinks all the absinthe and he eats all the wasps, dead wasps and stuff. And mm-hmm. he, cause he, he didn't see the uh, security thing because he's looking at the Sabutio player in the back of the guy's hair. So he, he gets locked inside the shop and drinks the absinthe and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, why not just make sh- stupid shit
2: like that? Cause people find yeah, it funny. Yeah. Well, it's the thing. It's, it's the absurd, isn't it? its it's Again, it's linking back to Dark Star 1. You know, they... they some of the stuff you come out with is just miraculously weird
0: <laughs> well there's a there's a, a scene um in six that uh, everyone's got the scripts for and i say this this paragraph and i'm actually just describing what's happened in the show or what's happening in that scene and i just say you can't write that shit. <laughs> it's like yeah. but what's it's the way? most it's the most ridiculous thing but i'm just breaking it down going this is actually what's happening right at this moment i'm just going you can't write it he's like oh obviously you can <laughs> but, um the thing is it's like as long as i'm enjoying it that's that's all i want really you know
2: that's all you can ask for isn't it you know it's um like chris has said in the chat you know darkstar one's got to be the biggest make it collab going and it probably is you know but that's the thing is it's, it's yeah. something that we're we're all enjoying doing and i I love the fact that you've got that kind of um there's no there's no pressure on us there's no stress on us it's it's a it's from day one it's been here's what i'd like to do guys would you like to be involved you know and it's yeah it's been a you know here's my baby here's the thing that i want to get out of my head get into the world if you'd like to be a part of it be a part of it if not yeah not a problem you know and that's yeah i mean
0: i say to people you know even if they can't be in the show for whatever reason i just say no it's not personal at all i'm not going to take it personally you know because everyone's got their own shit going on there's a lot going on in the world right now um i would like to be part of uh, distraction of what's going on and stuff um but i want people to if people are involved to be you know to find it fun you know to to want the next script to to come through you know into the uh, inbox and you know um I mean, it, it 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 would be obvious if somebody was just phoning it in, you know. Somebody yeah, I mean, was
2: just. I suppose on a technicality, we all kind of are.
0: But... See, <laughs> so the thing. This is why I record last. You see, because um, I I try to be like the uh, the stitching between the delivery. I listen to how somebody just delivered a line, and then I know the line coming up, and I try to. And I've had no like training or anything, so I'm just winging it from from the beginning. Um, but I think it also helps in a way, A, actually knowing the person's voice who's going to be delivering the line. So mm-hmm. it's quite nice to actually write for that voice because you can you can sometimes feel like a tempo in the way people talk. So it's, you write the right words and stuff. Um, uh, and then, you know, obviously people now have heard themselves, have listened back so people are getting into it more kind of leaning into it you know um i don't i don't really give much direction at all sometimes uh if there's a line
2: you sort of said to me just just make it sound old
0: yeah he's just an old guy
2: just old and wise
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and then i just put the effects just like over the top i mean like I i can listen back to it and not hear me talking and I mean, it's kind of like, in a way, cause like you did uh, other recordings, and I don't want it to sound like, hang on, wasn't he just doing a voice earlier? He's just playing somebody yeah. else. <laughs> you know, Just, I mean, in the first episode, I put way too many effects on N8, and I put too many effects on Tall Battles as well, because I wanted it didn't to sound, because he's seven foot six, so I wanted it to sound like really imposing and boomy, but I just didn't do it right. Um and you know, even like um Retario always used to say, you know it's just not his wheelhouse; he's fat. he just found it really uh, mm. but not uncomfortable, you know, just out of his comfort zone, um but yeah. he was just willing to give it a go, you know he was just unafraid um, and that's all I can ask really at the end of the day um like I say we're not we're not making like Shakespeare or anything here, you know
2: well it's interesting as oh, well, isn't it from a from a thought experiment point of view, because you've got people who are involved, who are, uh, you know, serial skill collectors, We we generally make stuff. We like to learn new skills. We like to play with different tools or materials or processes or things like that. You know, you've got people who make jewelry or furniture (coughs) or 3D print stuff or weld or carve or, you know, things like that. But to then sort of say, it's a skill you guys could learn. How about acting? You know how yeah. about voiceover work, and it's that kind of—it's playing to the oh, it's a new skill I can learn, but also mm. saying here's something that's definitely going to be outside your comfort zone.
0: <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's a kind of weird thing. I right? when we make a trinity—they're usually quite fearless. They go, "Do you want to try this? Yeah, okay," and they'll try it once or twice. You know, go oh, actually, no, I prefer doing this, but they'll give it a go. You know, because they're willing to you know to, to participate in it and go. Oh, maybe that's not for me. You know, that's why people branch off and do their own kind of things. I mean, I'm still trying to find my way in this. uh, I mean, I didn't know the Maker Community existed four years ago. I went to Maker Central. I didn't know the Maker Community was a thing. I just – okay, so here's a story. might go on for a little bit. I'll try to condense it.
2: So It's a waffle. It's a
0: waffle. waffle. So my sister is a nun in London. It's a Carmelite nun in closed order. And, you know, they they sell stuff on the internet. Um, sounds a bit shady. They, uh, they've got, like, a thing called crafty nuns. So they might make a bowl or pens and stuff like that. And my sister was turning.
2: You couldn't write this shit. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> and when I said to people, my sister's a calm, like nun, they're like, come again. <laughs> um, and so she's making these bowls, and then there's uh, another sister who's, like, doing pens and stuff like this. And I was like mentioning that uh, I might get a lathe, so she was like, "Okay, well, here's like um, Axminster and have a look at those like kind of things." So I was like looking into that, and she was uh, so. I was like, I think i had been to the first Maker Central. Um, before I'd gone, I'd found Nick Zametti online when he was NZ Woodturning. Uh, before he started putting shaving foam in resin and lost his mind, I think a little bit, <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was just like primarily just wood you know, now he's just putting all sorts of shit in resin and, uh, uh whatever. So, um, so like I, uh, I actually made him this, uh, infinity mirror, this like framed infinity mirror with his logo on. And, uh, he actually read it out online and called me Paul. Cheers, Paul. Uh, <laughs> thanks thanks Nick. <laughs> um, but I made it for him, and he just said, "I'll, I'll send you uh, weekend tickets to make a central and I just went on the train and I was there for three hours. I think yeah I queued I queued up and I saw Bobby Duke when I've actually seen the video back when I was watching um oh shit what's he called um it was the, it was the the uh, uh, the brummy guy the shaved head joe
3: Joe together yes yes mm.
0: he did a walk through like video and it actually shows me in line like for bobby duke and evan and caitlin have stood right behind me <laughs> i didn't know them I-, I didn't know them for for adam but i did speak to um uh heath knuckles mm. um i still got his badge on my on my bag i chatted to him i was there for three hours I just thought it was like some tool expo, like, or something walked around by myself That's for three hours. Free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was there for three hours and I just got the train home. Didn't think anything of it. Um, saw, um, a few videos like on YouTube, like later on, of people did walk through there's a few videos of, um, people in the bar at the Hilton. I think there's a video of Al trying to take some sticker down from the Hilton roof or something. I don't know. Um, I'll put it up. I'll put it up. Um, but I just didn't know about the maker community like at all. I just didn't think I didn't know it was a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I found out that Al lives in the same city. We went for a beer, um, told me about Fools of Tools. Saw all these reprobates in there. Fools of Tools. That's the one. Um, so I was looking online and looking up because i was i bought a lathe and wanted to know like certain things and then i come across um what's his name mike walt yeah. so kind of like chatted with him like a little bit like online then I actually had a phone call with him because i was on about maybe thinking about doing my loft up and putting my work workspace like in my loft so i was kind of talking to him like a little bit and i just said to him oh actually there's uh, my sister is a wood turner down in uh, London, she's a Carmelite nun, and there's a bit of a gap. It's like Sister Susan. Uh, uh, what now? It's like yeah, Susan down in London. It's like yeah, she's contacted me. I, I was giving her advice out how to make spindles and stuff, and I'm like, the whole <laughs> <laughs> <It's got laughs> so like, world to make a community. Yeah, um, and it's just like just crazy stuff like that. It's just um, and then yeah, I think it's just going on to make a central like in, in the last one. You know, just chatting to people, uh, going around and just seeing all the all the exhibitions and stuff, and the people. You know, Jimmy on stage and everything. It's just kind of that. I mean, that was the start. That was the start of the book, really, wasn't it? I was. I had. I had an option because I made a three meter by one and a half meter fabric um, banner and it had like a big sign maker central in silver hologram like um vinyl like on it and i had all these silver pens and these gold pens and i was going to get people to sign it and then i was looking at the book and i was looking at this big flag and i was like which one do i want to carry around which one's going to be easier Well, the books going to be easier so i just took the book and i thought well because he actually mentions dedicated to all the makers of the world this is perfect for people you know to sign
3: for the benefit of those who don't know the book being.
0: Adam Savage's book. (laughs) I just
3: happen to have it here.
0: Um, So, Every Tool's a Hammer
3: by Adam Savage. Which is an absolutely brilliant book. I would recommend anyone. I've only read read half. Don't tell him I've only read half. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so, my, the first half signed pretty much, haven't you? Yeah,
0: yeah. so, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I mean, the first person to sign it was, um, hang on, his name is uh, I've forgotten his name, he's digging a tunnels, Colin Furs. Colin Furs, yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he was the first
2: person to sign it. So, he got 10 million subs on YouTube,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's small for us. Uh, 11, So, this no, was, is I, think it 11, to, I think it's 11, though, yeah. So this yeah, was walking around. <laughs> this was just going around Maker Central. Um, walking around, getting people to sign it. I mean, there's even like, you know, Nicole Duke. There's even, you know, like Bobby's wife and stuff. People like, oh, I'm not a maker. Even like Ginny Claggett, she's like, oh, I'm not a maker. It's like, no, you're part Ginny's of the family. Awesome. Just
2: Yeah. Same with Nicole.
0: Awesome people. Yeah. And that's why they're, why they're here. Um, and this is walking around Maker Central and then... Um, just seeing all this, and then I came home. Job well done. Had a fantastic, life changing weekend at Maker Central. Just thinking, I actually was like tearing up walking through the the train station. Just thought, oh, this is phenomenal! I've found a right bunch of reprobates and scallywags, and these are my people. I love it. And um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just like, well, okay, job well done. Having a beer, I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna take pictures of these and I'm going to tweet Adam and I just said you dedicated your book to all the makers of the world now this is just our our way of saying thank you and just put my phone down just forgot and then I'm just watching I don't know wrestling or something and just having a few beers phone dings and it's Adam Savage tweeted back "Uh, it must be a little bit dusty in here right now I think he got a little bit a little Mm -hmm. bit misty and i was like holy shit what in the world and then you know because of make essential you know you i think you just meet people who you know that you're just going to be friends with for a very long time and one of those is patty that's in the group you know amazing seamstress and teacher and stuff and um I was like, I'd love to come to New York and visit. It's been on my bucket list, you know. I didn't have a holiday at that point for 25 years. I've never been anywhere. And she's like, Yeah, you you can come over. I think just flippantly, and I was just like, like a limpet. Really? I was like, I could come for like a week. And she's like, Yeah, no probs. Didn't know what she let herself in (laughs) for. No. (laughs) And I was like, What about what about two weeks? Yeah, that's fine. What about three weeks? I ended up going for four weeks, and, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then um, she got a job actually doing a thing for um, Comic Con, and actually, i had to, tickets for us to go, and it was one of those stand and repeat things, you know, and you're asking questions and stuff, and there was pictures there with um, Matthew Broderick being like, because me and her like made this thing, like got to sleep at, like five in the morning, and then we had to be back up at half past seven to take it to, to the place. And we were like zombies, just like. But then there's pictures of Matthew Broderick and all these other actors uh, that were being interviewed, like, in front of it. I was like, that's amazing. And then somebody had told me that the uh, Adam Savage was actually going to be at the Anime Festival, which was, like, a couple of days later um, in New York. Um, and they were just doing the, uh, just the tickets. And then somebody let me know that I actually, no, there's tickets uh, available now that you can meet him and one of the maker friends actually knew Kristin, who's like the one of the uh, right hand person kind of thing and mm-hmm. saying oh if you can get the book to us we'll get him to we'll get him to sign it but then i managed to get a ticket to be able to to meet him so there was pictures of me and him and he's looking at the book and he does like a weird like signature like with uh, an equational mathematical thing and then you can actually see it just behind me here like on the sign i got everybody's logos uh i've actually done another bit i don't have it here but i've got everybody's signatures that i've scanned and then i've laser etched into a different bit so uh, this needs to be finished and it's going to have like leds like an so it's all going to be backlit um i'm going to put like the silver like that yeah exactly yeah i mean that's it that's the first one that's the prototype yeah yeah mm-hmm. So I'll have these raised up a little bit, so there'll be LED strips like behind it to kind of backlight it. There's going to be lights like within, within the lettering. I'll use the silver like electrical tape in there for reflection and stuff. And there's all these little added little borders that I've got going on and that's going to go across that, across there. So that's it's just like this weird domino effect of just buying the book because the, the book wasn't meant to arrive till after I came back from Make Central, but it came early. If the book Mm. hadn't come early, that part of my life, that story wouldn't have happened, you know, of Mm. of getting the book, all these – meeting all these people, getting all the signatures. You know, even going to – I went to um, Maker Camp in the Catskills, uh, Jimmy's Mm. um, thing, but the Blackthorn, you know, I met Jimmy, uh, ended up at his house. And that, to me, is just like, I was watching his videos a couple of days ago, and now I'm in the guy's
2: house. This is – Weird, weird. Did you know you were there, or did you manage to well, I'm quite, out? I'm
0: to quite, a, I'm quite, I'm quite, quite a big deal, so he knew I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the first one I met, it was it was Derek and um, and Derek Jimmy from Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, two big burly guys. You, yeah. you don't feel as manly when you meet those kind of two. You're just kind of like hello. <laughs> you know, just kind of like. I, th-
2: I think Jerry was big. the only other, only the person who. Um, you're right, I'd be an envy of other than uh, John D Harvey <laughs> yeah. you know, walking around making central like
1: mm. <laughs> yeah
2: well it's like with Derek I was um,
0: I was in the I was in the bathroom at the uh, the Hilton bar just having a pee and then you just feel this presence what passion it was Derek so I'm just like drying my hands and I'm just really slowly just kind of like <laughs> he was stood right there having a piss I was like alright Derek <laughs> it's like no, but when I, when I met him again at the Catskills, he remembered me because the last thing he said to me um, when I was leaving he said, I'll see you in the bathroom at Maker Central next time. I was like, sounded a bit weird, but okay. But even like that, that was just an experience, you know, up there, just meeting Jimmy and just, you know, I think I met his mum, Jimmy's mum, and his brother and stuff. And I got, I got Jimmy's mum to sign the book as well. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the whole clan and his, and his brother, John, I got him to sign. Thank you. So, um yeah it was it was great it was although i got really drunk on the saturday night because they were doing like ipa and there's like how much is a like a half they were like a dollar 70 i was like oh my god but then i didn't eat all day and um apparently i was just shouting at people just in the room above me because they were moving about too much telling them to shut up and they're like you do know it's going to be you because there's only two English people actually
2: at the event, <laughs> you and Steve. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've got fun memories of being in the Hilton bar with you. I think you I don't know how how far gone you were at that point. But at um, we were we were chatting Marvel and all sorts for probably the best part of forty-five minutes. I think. Um, I have no memory of that. <laughs> yeah, that does not surprise me because no. I remember the following day when there was there was like Ooh. you and James and a couple of the other guys who were who were very 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 struggling. That, that mm.
0: well, you helped save my life that day when you gave me that protein shake thing with a mid with oats. bottle of fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Terry gave me this like Norwegian like Kit Kat type thing, and then um, Dan. Brent, he just kind of screeched up on his little mobile and just gave me some chocolate Tim Tams. I was like, you fucking legends, I'm dying here. Just give me some sugar and some chocolate. (laughs) But then you go to the bar and you have a few more beers and you feel all right.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. But
0: but it was, um, you know, that was a good, good couple of days. It was just, I think Tim, I think he was, I just don't think he stopped drinking from like Friday to Sunday.
2: Pretty much. I mean, he was, he, I, I saw him on the Friday, and he was he was pretty far gone Friday night. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I think that second Maker Central for all the for all the people who'd you know kind of like scratched the surface first year and then came back second year because like I I was only there for the days on on the first year and then the second yeah. year I was like we we'd got out um, the week after the Maker Central the first year as we sort of like, you know, chatting to other people and seeing what was online. it's fact like, oh, there's so much that I missed in the evenings. And my wife basically said, would, if it happens next year, book the hotel, be there for the full event, be there for the evenings and stuff. And that was how I ended up sharing a room with Dan Brent. You know, it was that sort of like booking the hotel and then Dan was like, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm coming over from Australia. So... I need to find a hotel. And I was like, "Well, you know, if you, if you get stuck, there's bunking with me, right deal. I'll be there." <laughs> nice. I'm, Shit, with Let me something. For. Um, yeah, because I, I remember like
0: meeting him, and I think one of the first things he did was stick one of the duck stickers just on my head. It was just like, just yeah. like, what was going on there? Because I, I didn't know who he was. And then when yeah. I had look at the sticker, I was like,
2: "Oh, you're that guy that they'll be like." Well, so I. I I got to the, the Premier Inn and poor Andy Pugh up there um, had the fantastic task of driving uh, Jake the Maker Monster and Dan Brent from Heathrow. Yeah. So by the time Andy got there, he, he they'd spent about half an hour on the phone to me trying driving around all the roundabouts in Birmingham and around the NEC trying to find where the Premier Inn was. And they it finally was nice. We, the... sp- we
3: spoke to several s- security guards um, <laughs> and NEC operatives. Like, how do we get to the Premier League? Oh, go down that way. You go down that way. And it's just like barrier after barrier after barrier. Then driving around in circles. It was just like at one point somebody said, "Oh, it's just there. If you jump over the fence, like, do we do we look <laughs> like we're going to jump over a fence <laughs> a in a car yeah. with a pile of luggage here?" Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I remember. I, um... I was, being, I was at my hotel and um, there was a few, I think people had said, our oh, will meet is at the bar at the Hilton. I was like, yeah, no problem. So I'm just like sat in the hotel room, not hear anything going, why are, am I waiting? Just why don't I just go on my own? I'm sure there's going to gonna be people there. So I get in the taxi and um, I go, a Hilton, please. He's like, which one? I was like, pardon? It's like, which Hilton? He's like, is the two. Oh, shit. So I'm like messaging Sophie and stuff. And she came back to me like quite quickly because I could tell him metropole or something like that yeah and um yeah i mean so I just like i didn't know what to expect because i was walking up thinking oh this is quite quiet and then just went in and there was you know groups of people just like all you know planted around and people slowly started coming in but yeah i just didn't know what, what what the carnage i mean i'll talk to anybody about anything i'm not really that bothered you know you can plug me in any situation i went to america you know i'm talking to high level lawyers i talked to a music producer who produced david bowie and stuff i was chatting to him about a metallica project he was working on and stuff and you know i was talking to a a, a guy some oil kind of barren guy who's got this we ended up at this um penthouse suite just off central park in this like 10 million dollar penthouse i'm like I don't think this is a real slice of New York that I'm experienced in, <laughs> like this. <here. laughs> You've you definitely
2: got a habit of finding your way into really weird situations.
0: Yeah, but I love it. I mean, I mean, so I mean, so things that have happened, like, in my life, I was a chef and stuff, I'd all, things would always be, like, really random situations but quite funny stories at the end of it. Things kind of happened in life, like, when my dad passed away and I kind of, like, was hidden away for like a decade so i've not really got stories and stuff i mean i was still working but i just didn't go out i was just like a hermit i was just like in my own little bubble because things are just falling apart like my dad passed but when i do go out just the strangest things just happen just people just gravitate like weirdos you know all the bus or something. It's just i don't know it's, it's my natural musk just to uh, attracts them or something you but... bill bailey <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um yeah it's just it's just weird i mean i will talk to anybody you know i'm quite capable of speak to people you know on whatever level that they want to you know like talk on and stuff um i mean so just at this party on new year's eve and there's you know just hanging out by the the crudités and the and stuff and they're like oh what what do you do it's like oh, i'm music producer oh cool and then like we're patting he's like y- you know it's actually quite a big deal i was like really oh cool he said, yeah so i ended up he's like um so what kind of music are you into is like yeah it's like metallica and stuff and he's like all oh, right oh that's nice I might be working doing something like with Metallica. I was like, uh, pardon me? <laughs> I think we need to sit down and have a chat. Yeah. He produced like the last two David Bowie albums and stuff. And it was just like, I was like, you don't get this in Leeds." <laughs> oh, there's it? The... So I go to this party. I think I've been in New York for like a couple of days, end up at this party. And we we're talking to friends of friends. And there's this woman and she was like this super Brooklyn kind of like based, you know, um kind of jewish lady you're very rough around the edges you know call a spade a spade doesn't really give a shit and stuff talking to her and then um her husband sits down and he's like yeah i'm in the uh movie business so i'm like oh have you worked on anything you know that i know of he says oh yeah i've just done the film with steven spielberg i was like fuck's sake come on really (laughs) (laughs) i mean you just don't get that in leeds do you you know Chatting to somebody who's worked with Metallica, and then somebody's just worked with Steven Spielberg, and I'm like, Good God, I've got to go home I and mean, into <laughs> my normal life. Just that yeah. I mean, I love it. That's it. I mean, I fell in love with the place. It was like hadn't had a holiday in 25 years. A bit of a recluse. Most of the time, I don't really like people because they're just annoying. Oh, he's um, But I went to really.
3: <laughs> so the, a the, uh, on the podcast Audio listeners, <laughs> yeah Phil's uh, face is now covered by a cat's tail Yeah The camera is covered by a cat's tail
0: Oh, no, I mean, all he knows, I'm just uh, talking to myself <laughs> talking to him awesome <laughs> I'm talking either, to him, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I kind of really acclimatised to New York Like, almost immediately, I was feeling thing is with me is that I'm very um sensitive to noise I don't know if I'm maybe on the spectrum or something I'm just really noise like sensitive so I mean the thing that really kills me is like I've got tinnitus tinnitus and it's lucky I can actually kind of you know sort of go in and out of it it's not one of those things that's constantly just like you know mm. buzzing. it's like that and that. I kind of wasp a thing as always but, but i'm so thinking of going to new york it was going to be maybe too much like for me but i just loved the ambient like the whole like 360 everything because you've got all the noise bouncing off all the, the buildings but you've also got the subways like rattling underneath you and stuff it's all an- encompassing you know Yeah, so sometimes I it's like it.
2: if you've got enough in such a, a varied amount you know, it's it it's like people like us who it, it, that kind of um, issue with audio processing. Sometimes you need more noise to cancel out smaller noise. You know, if you're if you're in a, a crowd with enough people that you can pick out three or four different conversations at the same time, it's enough to distract you. But if you've got if you go too far, so you've got ten, fifteen, twenty conversations all at the same time, it's enough to drown out. The background so you can focus on that one then isn't it
0: well i'm kind of like so if we you and i were at a bar and the bar was quite busy i'd have difficult i can hear everything going on but i'd have difficulty hearing what you're saying Mm. it's like i I take in like everything it's just like it's just this weird kind of like like it's just wide open like i could just hear everything going on i think that's why i like doing the audio show
3: um i have have that i have that issue um i had my hearing tested Oh, going back into into the early noughties i noticed that every year I, there's a classic experiment done with kind of sort of 12 12 year old 13 year olds demonstration where you take a, a signal generator and a loudspeaker and you you show them and with, and normally an oscilloscope as well so you show them the the range of human hearing so it's Normally, for a twelve-year-old, it's going to be twenty hertz to twenty thousand hertz. Mm-hmm. So anything above or below that, they're not going to hear. And over the course of several years, I noticed that mine was getting worse. So I think in you know, one year it was like fifteen thousand. I knew it was already sort of damaged. I'm like, yeah, I, my teenage years were the eighties. We. Had School discos and it was the, it was the thing to stand next to the loudspeakers and see how much your ears are ringing at the end of the line. They were still ringing the next morning. That was even better. Night.
0: Yeah, I saw Metallica uh, in '92 and I was deaf for two days.
3: and, and yeah, I've, I've I've spent time playing with things that go bang and things. So the, and just general
2: know, progression of life does that as well. And
3: age, yes. Um, I was trying to be kind that time. <laughs> so, I, I, so I noticed over I noticed over a couple of years, kind of yeah, it was like one year it was like fifteen thousand and I mean I'd, I I sometimes used to, depending on the class, I'd get to the kind of fifteen thousand, I wouldn't be able to hear it, so I'd just crank the, the 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 amplitude up. And yeah, they'd all be going mad about kind of suddenly this really loud now, noise. And then the next year it was like, hmm, hang on, fourteen thousand. I'm sure it was fifteen thousand last year. Then the following year, I was like, after kind of sort of three years, I kind of went to my GP and said, "Look, I know this isn't proper audio equipment, but it's been the same equipment for the last few years, and my hearing has has, has dropped." So he said, "Okay, fair enough. I'll send you for a, a audiology tests." So after a bit of a wait, went off to the audiology department to the, the local hospital. And kind of they did a series of tests and came back and said, "Yep." Yeah, 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 you've got significant hearing loss at high frequencies, um, and that that will not, yeah, that's not going to recover, but it should not affect your everyday history. It's, it's just too high a frequency. I said, Well, I've been getting, I, I can't go to a pub and, and have a conversation with anyone. And basically said, Well, look, you've got auditory processing issues. So it's not actually your hearing, but it's your processing of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I th- I see th- i have mean, actually been reading something recently because I've, if, if uh, the conversation that we had with Ali from Giki Fayot yeah is just one of many where I kind of you know, started to kind of think maybe I've got sort of ADHD I think, we're, I think
2: the, the three of us are definitely very very pronouncedly yeah. on the and spectrum and one
3: of those <laughs> I, well I know I'm, I, I know I'm on autistic spectrum as well but one of the one of the symptoms that I've kind of sort of often crops up for people with ADHD is that inability to process individual conversations. Mm-hmm. So I find it very difficult to focus on one conversation. Let's say I'm constantly hearing those other the other people talking about other things. And it's just I can't isolate that single conversation. You, so need, up, yeah. you
2: need these for everyday life, don't you? Just to just to plug a mic on the person that you're speaking to to, to then just get yeah, on noise
3: one cancellation. One. For, yeah, they need to have noise cancellation. Microphone as well, so it's There's just lots there. of pairs
2: of socks in your pocket to just stuff in everyone else's mouth when they <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to
3: talk, yeah. Uh,
2: it's, it's it, interesting. Cause my my father in law is a similar sort of thing, like he grew up farming and you know, a lot of things that were you know, lab machinery and equipment and you know, stuff. Like that. And he's he's lost the frequency band that is the um, the the average female voice. And it's, it's a really common thing to have happen, but you lose, rather than losing the full top end, you lose a band lower down. So he literally had to get a note from the doctor to bring home to, to his wife, to my mother-in-law to basically sort of say, look, it's not that he's ignoring you. He literally (laughs) had, we've, we've tested his hearing and this band, which is like the average woman's speech vocal range is where his hearing stops you know, if you change your pitch or your, 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 timbre, which is a blessing if she was a bit of a nag, Mm -hmm. but, but this is the thing. So sometimes we'll, we'll have a conversation with him. And if you are a little bit higher frequency, he's got to like sort of stop and process, you know, with hearing aids and stuff now to kind of compensate for that. But Mm. I, I find if I'm talking to him, I'll, I'll, I'll say something. And if I, if he doesn't kind of react straight away, I can see him trying to process Hmm. I'll say it again, but with a slightly deeper voice. And it, straight away, you know, he's... It's, it's, it's he sounds like
0: he sound like super sexy when you're talking to him because you've got to get real low.
2: I mean, I always do, don't I? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pitching a bit of a tent right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have oh, this idea. Camera. And I, I was well, I thought, I can't do it because I was just going to say, I'm just going to go grab a beer and I was going to have no trousers so you're just going to see my ass what I walked off. <laughs> We'll come back with trousers on. But I thought, like, oh, no, no, I bottled it. I thought, like, no, I can't do that. I thought it would been quite funny. If I was just got over oh, this a bare ass. I walking away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bottled it.
2: <laughs> I mean, me and Andy would have had to do the same. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's just a prerequisite when, you know, you said, you know, pants are optional for the show.
3: Yeah, which, the, there's, which podcast? There was a podcast that, that was a thing on, wasn't it? Which podcast was that? I'm sure. Sure. Oh. I'm trying to think it'd been so many podcasts that's the problem
0: i was thinking about maybe starting one but not like a maker one but just like just a geeky one just like people like in the maker community but just people are you know like talk about movies or comics or something like that you know mm. i mean there might be even people that are into like collectibles you know and stuff like that oh definitely um, definitely will
2: be why not
0: but, go for it i don't got the time you see i even came up so i was thinking of this um this idea for like another show if i was able to uh do one it'd be like a mixture of kind of like jumanji mixed with princess bride and it would be like a big book of stories it'd be like a granddad reading these stories to his grandson um but they'd be like a different adventure so it might be a little bit never-ending story you know kind of thing mm. um but there'd be all these different stories, but then, but the person involved, you know, it's going to be the granddad story. It's actually him in, you know, all the stories. But it means that, you know, like I got the idea because I was going through all the music for the show. When I put the music on, the good thing about music, it can invoke uh, an emotion or, especially when I'm in the show, um, you know I'm, I'm trying to put the music in for the scenes so i'm actually you know got these visions of stuff so i put this one on and in my head there was this, like something like uh never ending story when the young kid's on his horse you know riding through and there's all these kind of operatic music there's all these amazing vistas and there might be dragons and stuff and i was just going through the, the music and every one was like just a different scene in my head you know, there's there's dragons and wizards and warlocks and cave monsters and vampires and werewolves and ghosts and goblins and all this kind of stuff. I thought it could be quite quite like like a nice anthology of like stories. um But I think I just need to be cloned two or three times to you
2: know
1: be able <laughs> I, to make it. it. I, I'm
2: working on it. I'm working on that work and the time machine. You know, I, I think the time machine should be ready around December nineteen seventy six. I think. <laughs>
0: right nice i like you did that well there's that story <laughs> isn't there what's his name hawking when he put on the party for um, time travelers because yes. they would have known about it in the future and nobody turned up yeah. it's like they're either just very shy or they're just you know socially a bit awkward <laughs> i
2: she mean it's like really the... catastrophic happened
0: yeah or we're just all dead in the future
2: i it happened it's like the future past tense happens
0: Happens. To-
2: yeah, well, I've been watching,
0: like, a, um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not really into podcasts. I don't, which is weird because I'm one at the moment. I generally just don't like listening just to people just sat down and having a chat. I'd rather just listen to an audio book and a story or something. Because I think when people are having a conversation, you've got to be more concentrate like, on it. So if I'm in the workshop yes. or something, I find I just stop. I'm not doing it because I'm listening to the conversation. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do both at the same time. You know, but if I'm listening to maybe an audiobook or music or something, it can just go like in the periphery kind of like thing. But I listen to a bit of like Joe Rogan because that's on YouTube and he'll have somebody, you know, talking about quantum mechanics and biologists and and stuff and it just some of the stuff that they talk about just blows my tiny little mind. You know, it's just talk about quantum mechanics and classical mechanics and the other worlds theory and um, now That's the, the kind of ch- well, I mean, I'm trying to like learn about all this because I want it to be kind of part of the show. You know, there's something happening in episode six, and then because this episode was, it was just going to be a uh, just a one. We go down to the planet. It's just going to be a one-off, and um, it's now going to be a trilogy of episodes, <laughs> but because the story just took me there. I don't know. I just, oh, all right, I don't have time to put it all in one. I've got too many ideas to, and it just kept going and going. But episode seven, and I mean, I've spoken to Chris, like about this, and there's a new character coming into it. um, And if I can, I can't really figure it out at the moment because it involves quantum computers. And... um. Some, I don't want to say too much.
2: What it, what it sounds like you're saying is that you need someone with a bit of a physics background to really sort of make you know sense of. Uh...
0: <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, it, it's kind of like so. The, they were saying that the, the human brain somehow works on a kind of a quantum level, but. Then there's other people saying, yeah, but quantum computers can only work at minus 262 degrees. So how can the human brain work on a quantum level? You know, and then I'm looking at, so there's like the different theories now saying that when they used to say universe, that was everything, all encompassing, our universe, that's it. There's no more. Now there's the theories of the multiverse. There's more than one universe. There's many universes there's more than one big bang there could be a big bang that's happening right now it's just it's just in the universe that it's outside the universe that we can see Mm -hmm. and the bit that got me the other day was nothing can travel faster than light but then they said but nothing can travel faster in light in space but space can move faster than light the space the universe is actually expanding faster than light so there's some light out there that we'll never see, yep. because space is growing, and but yep. then there's other, there could be other universes, and in those universes there could be different lot the, Their laws of physics might be completely different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just kind of it oh is.
3: right yeah, it is mind blowing. Yeah, yeah I, I remember you know
2: probably twenty twenty five years ago now talking about. You know, kind of universal theory and and you know relativity and all that the kind of the stuff that you would do that kind of like sort of, uh, preteen kind of age um, and like discussions of like we we know that the the universe is infinite, but what we've actually discovered it is is that it's about eight times more infinite than we originally thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Sorry, can you just run that one by me again? How can something hmm. be eight times more infinite than you originally thought? How how that doesn't compute. Mm, doesn't third. compute, does it? No. No. It's
0: when they, when, it's when <laughs> it's when they redefining start throwing a word. It's when they start throwing numbers at you as well, and they go, "You, you know that there's two trillion galaxies in the universe." It's like that—that that is a number I just can't comprehend. It's just you know, and then there's God, how many pl- planets and suns and and whatever going involved. That's why you know the whole theory of there being you know other life. But they yeah, said, well, if we, are, if we are if we are the bad only bad life, bad. yeah. But if we are the only life, and this is where quantum mechanics comes in, it's all about like the wavelength. And when you interact with the wave- wavelength, it changes. So there's a theory that came out in the 1960s when the guy said, but we're also quantum with that theory, because we're made of the same particles, you know, the same atoms. So when we're interacting with something, we're interacting on a quantum level, and that's the interaction with the wavelength. So if we're inter- inter- interacting with the universe, and it's changing because of us, then maybe the universe is only here, because we're interacting with it. Because it's changing. You
2: start then getting into things like the, uh, you know, the universe being a, a computer simulation, or, you know, that the, you start getting into those kind of um, prepositions that are getting outside the realm of what we understand of science or religion or anything like that. We're getting into those things where we, nobody has the answers and it's only uh, a best guess.
0: It's kind of like weird when you've got all these indigenous populations, you know, the Aborigines in, um, Australia, then you've got, you know, ones from South America and you've got the shamans and you've got the people in Egypt and they're all on these mind bending, crazy drugs. All natural, but they're all seeing the same shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, are they being taken to another galaxy or another dimension, interacting with all these beings? Is there, you know, is it just
2: just the biochemistry of the 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 plant matter mixing with the biochemistry of the human brain? Is it just the the fact that we're all the same species?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, they're all. I mean. I think when you go into these things you take a lot of stuff that's involved like in you into those those things mm-hmm. um but you know all these different cultures are all seeing the same entities and you know stuff like that it's um there's uh, like the ayahuasca and you know and stuff like that i mean there's there's one of the most powerful psychedelics and we actually create it well they say we create it in our own body you know, our brain and, uh, they say, maybe our liver creates it. It's in loads of plants and stuff like that. But we have an inhibitor, like in our intestines, that breaks it down. It's just... Uh, well,
2: yeah, I mean, Ayahuasca is uh, DMT. There's, there's um, a, a an author called Cliff Pickover who did uh, a book called Sex, Drugs, Einstein and Elves. which is a Yeah, time. it's the
0: mechanical elves. Yeah, it's the mechanical <laughs> that elves that people see.
2: Yeah, and it's it's this uh, it's this book ta- discussing DMT and and particularly ayahuasca because it's it's a you know it's it's, it's a brew that people make um, very potent. And it's yeah, and it's, it's this kind of like if you were to ingest the the DMT containing plant matter, you wouldn't actually ingest the DMT because there's no. there's aspects of your digestive system that break down. DMT before it can be absorbed into the bloodstream. So you have that when they make this ayahuasca brew, this like you know, this like psychedelic tea soup type thing. The combination of the plants that are in it are things that change the digestive tract to stop it from breaking down the DMT so that you can then actually absorb the DMT. So then like other cultures will then instead of making the brew because that brew might then make you sick or stuff like that, they'll Oh, they sweaty. all say. To out yeah, they all you're... say. Yeah,
0: if you have the brew that you do two things, you'll throw up and you'll shit yourself. Yeah, sounds, exactly. d- sounds delightful. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not the same time, you know. And and that, or, or, or yeah. while you're tripping. <laughs> oh Jesus! I mean, I I have had one of those two things, and I have like witnessed like, just the the craziest shit. It, it's it's unbelievable, really. The stuff that you see but there's also sometimes that simulation thing that you were talking about mm-hmm. there was one point when i was doing it that i actually saw just a little thing just behind the curtain like there was like a little kind of laboratory or something just to, like to the side on the peripheries and it's 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 an odd thing it's it's like being shot out of a cannon being strapped to a rocket know because there's other things out there where you just slowly like ingest and you're like oh this is quite nice and oh okay this is like just being shot out of a magnum you know it's just kind of like hold on to your pants because this shit's going to get real real fast it's kind of like whoa (laughs) and you know i saw they called them call them jesters but a lot of the in different cultures they they called them these kind of the natural kind of like deities and the very mischievous and stuff and uh, I remember like, there was this like, one point where I was like going to say goodbye to them. And it only lasts like 15 minutes or something, 20 minutes. And it's all is lovely. Is that your goodby. perception
2: of it in the moment? Or does
0: it, you know, is it actually like... Oh, no, no. You, of, I, I, I've, done it where it, I've done it where it felt like I was there for days. But I actually recorded myself. I put my phone on record and it was 15 minutes. And it's just me going, oh, oh, oh. I can't remember for the life of me what I was saying, but I was having a good time. Um but there there was a bit where there's all these je- jesters and there was a massive carnival and everybody's made out of neon fractals and they were just having this great party and I was like saying to everybody, I'm so sorry, but I've got to go because there's other parts I want to see. And they were like, I don't give a fuck who you are. I just just have a good time. I don't give a shit about you. If you're you know, just go, have fun. You know, it's like they don't want any sympathy or anything. They're just happy that you're there, but there's just other stuff to see, you know. It's just a crazy, crazy thing. But it also it this is a weird thing to say, but in those all those years when I was a bit of like a bit of a hermit and stuff, you do maybe lose a little bit of yourself and that kind of like innocence and naivety of being young and creative and playful kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. It slowly started to like come back through like doing this podcast and the make a community and because I wasn't drawing and I wasn't, you know, doing anything like that. I was just chefing. But um doing that. Um, substance put me back in touch with that feeling of being a kid again and like the world might is you know a dangerous and scary place but it's also very very full of life and you you can you can it's up to you in life what you want to take in you know you if you're willing for to, to put out creativity and love and respect and all that kind of stuff you'll get it back but if you want to sit at home all negative and wound up about shit and it's just an ever decreasing kind of you like that what do you call it, that guy in Lord of the Rings when she stabs him in the face and he just kind of like implodes. It's kinda of like you can everybody can be the worst the worst enemy big time. You can there's nobody who can beat you up than more than yourself. Absolutely. So if, so if you're your own, willing to
2: your own biggest critic, aren't they?
0: Oh yeah. But if you're willing to put yourself out there and take a chance, and I think, you know, especially like doing this podcast, it was just kind of like, fuck it, I've got nothing to lose, you know, let's just have some fun. Some people might even enjoy it.
2: Who knows? Well, and it's right here that do. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean that's a good thing, really. It's kind of like, if anything, you know, there's there's people. Um, that I know now through especially like through the maker community that are struggling you know in life mm-hmm. and stuff and if I can just give just one little reason for there to be you know a more positive outlook or a spin on stuff and I'm more than happy to to put the work in and for that to, you know have that effect I mean there's been a few, a few re- reviews up that have gone up like online and I don't know who wrote it but they just said the world is a lot the world is a better place for having this in it
1: mm.
0: i don't know if somebody who's in the show or somebody who's listened to it i don't know but that was such a lovely thing to read that you know that even if it wasn't true at least they <laughs> they thought of it to to write um so you know if it, if i just see the whole the whole thing of the show is just positive for me mm there's, there's no downside to the time that I put in, but it's worth it. Yeah.
2: Well, like you said that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who in the maker community, whose way of coping with, with the world is through making, you know, and I know that there's a huge, you know, my background is in it and there's a huge percentage of the it community who for them making it is an outlet, you know, you, you mm. spend all day looking at screens and things. So to then go and use a tool and shape a piece of something that's, you know, it's tangible, it's, it's there, it's in your hands, you're having an effect on that piece of material. Mm. That is, that is their coping mechanism, you know, and that's, that's definitely for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge way of coping is to, is to learn something or try something or shape something or yeah you know and and that kind of thing and, and to be a part of something like this where you, you're creating something I, I I don't have the time to do YouTube and I, I don't feel like I've got the skills to do YouTube um you know from a video editing point of view or
3: from a making mm. point of view there's there's no nobody... you well, we disagree with that another time but go on
2: yeah, but, but I mean, you know, in terms of like making stuff, I, I know I can, I can teach stuff, mm. um, but I don't, you know, I don't see myself having any legitimate place in doing a maker video. You know, I don't think there's anything I could do that isn't learned from my peers who are doing something better. You know, I, mm. I, I would be a poor imitation of people I respect and look up to in my view um but to do something like being involved with telling a story or being involved in a podcast sharing the story of others like yourself mm. that is that gives me a wonderful outlet and you know it's something that i'm forever grateful to andy for, for inviting me to be a, a co-host who's talked all over him this evening not letting him get a word but it's that sort of thing of, of that is a, a is a really nice outlook for me then.
0: Well, I was watching. Um, I think one of the uh, latest videos with Adam Savage, going back to him, and he was saying that um, he was trying to find his way. Like when he was younger, he was in New York, you know, but he was doing a lot of sculpture, like loads of sculpture. Um, moved over to from New York to California, San Francisco, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm um and then he started working in theater and stuff like this so he's like working more like making all the props and backstage stuff uh started working with jamie um doing a lot of commercial work you know special effects <clears throat> but he said that he found that he was doing less and less sculpture but he wasn't actually upset about it because doing all the work in like making all the special effects was scratching that itch you know, but so it doesn't matter that he had less time for one thing. He was still satisfied because he was still had something visceral and he was thinking about working out problems and stuff. It was just a different, because he doesn't do any more sculpture and stuff now. Because um, he used to, yeah, I saw some great stuff that he did. So it's kind of, I was always like growing up, my mum was like, right, well, you've got to get married and you've got to get, have kids and you've got to have a career and it's all got to be done quite young. And I found that just so overbearingly terrible, even just to think about. I mean, it's a
3: lot of pressure. it is oh. a lot of
0: pressure. And just because you're doing it, you know, just because you're getting married and having kids young, doesn't mean you're going to be happy or you're going to find this eternal happiness in life just because you've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that was kind of like, no, just very free. I always used to joke that I was just the milkman's son because it was just so different to my parents and, you know, my other siblings. Completely different, my outlook on life. I I just walked in a bubble for 25 years, just doing my own thing, you know. Um, And I just I don't know if I have a different outlook on life that people have, but I just especially like what I've talked about before with my dad passing and stuff. I was a very broken individual. And I had to kind of piece myself back together. And I think back in those times, I wasn't a very nice individual either. It was just the whole chef kind of mentality of bravado. And, you know, there was lots of um, drugs and, and alcohol. It's just that kind of thing that you just fell into with that.
2: It and is a very I- stressful environment to be in as well. And, and
0: Yeah, I think it's very toxic as well sometimes.
2: Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of chefs that I know have those coping strategies. You know, it is that kind of... Um, There's got to be some release from that stress and that pressure.
0: Well, I went for a job interview one one when I was like um, 23. I went for this um, this this trial shift, and within uh, within an hour, the head chef had offered me outside for a fight. It was I was I was shaving this parmesan, and he just went, "Yeah, it needs to go back in the fridge." And I went, oh, "I've just been told I need to shave it all." Well, I've just told you it needs to go back in the fridge. I said, "Well, which one is it?" does he need to go back to the fridge? He went, right, me and you, outside. And I was like, I was just looking at this guy. Uh, and then he actually stormed off. He wanted to fight me. And I was just turned to this guy and he went, oh, yeah, he's, he's off his face. He's just on speed just all the time. He's doing these speed bombs in the kitchen just because he's just so tired. And it's just like he's just off his face. His face was just beat red. I was like, is this for real? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's tried to fight all of us. I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to work here, you know.
1: No, God, no
0: no I was just like yeah. yeah and then and then he came back in and he went you um you need to stay till four o'clock in the morning because you're going to help me do a deep clean I went actually no I don't and I just went and got my coat and walked out <laughs> I was like yeah I, I don't want to work for that maniac because it's like well that's some people that you do meet like in kitchens and mm. I think I was actually when I was younger turning into that machismo cheese more kind of like I'm in charge call me chef and stuff and like there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff, you know. You see the guys like filled of tools, and you might post something thinking, "Oh, I might get some nice feedback," and then just some calls you a knob or <laughs> something straight away. You know, it's it's, it's kind of healthy ribbon in a way because people enjoy it. You know,
2: yeah, um, it's a very good way of keeping grounded, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you don't, you can't get a big mm-hmm. head in those chats, can you really? <laughs> um but. When like dad passed and just my this bubble that I was in just shattered completely. Just the world just became a very awful, awful place, and I hid myself away from it all. If I'm not around people, then they can't hurt me, or I can't be hurt, mm. or I can't I can't actually hurt anyone. I can't lash out at them. So friends dissipi- disappeared, with the waste you know, wayside. And when I wasn't going out partying with people, I had nothing to offer them. You know, so those those are the people you realise weren't you really your friends in the first place. So, I kind of had to rebuild myself, really. sounds a bit cliche, but I had to kind of rebuild myself from the the ground up. I was kind of like, "What kind of person do I want to be?" Mm-hmm. And I realize you'll get out of life what you kind of put into it if you're generous you know and and creative and supportive, you'll get that back threefold.
2: You absolutely you, so
0: but you've got to you've got to open yourself up to it, and that can be terrifying as well. That can be a really scary thing. So, you know, I mean, even, like, joining the Folder Tools, there's, you know, there's a little bit of apprehension because I didn't know anyone. You don't know what the reception is going to be. You know, and I'm not, at the moment, I make stuff. You know, I'm making these signs. I made your sign and stuff. And at the moment, moment, I'm just making the podcast. So I don't really post much, like, in the in the group now because I just don't feel it's, you know, I'm not making stuff stuff <laughs> you know people I, want to see
2: yeah. it i totally get what you're you just, mean you're um, just
3: making a podcast instead it, yeah <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah I, this leading to a discussion about kind of you what does it mean to be a maker and, and mm. what does it mean yeah you know, does does it have to be something that's substantial does it have to be three-dimensional does it have to be a physical object that can mm. be something else yeah you know, can well, i mean, be makers if we're artists I mean the majority of stuff I've done this year has been drawing every day yeah and yeah every now and again I think well yeah actually yeah I I should try and make other stuff Uh, yeah I'm back in I'm back in the house today rather than Tinkeridge because the Tinkeridge has got even messier than it was last week because I've been doing some stuff yeah Um, yeah fixing things and and yeah doing sort of DIY things and every now and again I, I kind of have those phases of thinking Am I a maker anymore? Um, yeah, have I fallen out of being a maker? And I kind of yeah, it thrashes around in your brain. And if you're having a bit of a, a low spot, maybe you, yeah, things haven't gone well, and you're just in a bit of a mood, and you kind of maybe yeah, all sorts of things can happen that kind of yeah, put us in a, a slightly low place. And yeah, you kind of think well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I should just quit all the maker groups that I'm in, whatever. And you think well, no, actually, it's it's a form of making. Yeah, we do have people that are in in these groups. It's it's not just woodwork. Yeah,
0: that's why I'm not really a fan of um, like labels. You know, it's like I'm sure there's people out there who love saying I'm a woodworker or I'm a metal worker and stuff. Yeah. But for me, I'd like to just say I I just create stuff. Mm-hmm. And it could one day it could be a sign. Next day it could be something on the laser machine, or on the lathe, or on the CNC, or do some 3D printing, or a podcast, or or whatever. You know, I just created it. I just I don't want to, for me personally, just say well, because I'm a bit of a jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, as it were, I kind of no, like tinker. Sometimes
3: better than a master of one.
0: I'd I'd like to I'd like to have lots of a collection of like skills. Um, and be able to just dip into them, you know, when when needed. You know, it's, um, you know, go, oh, I'll think about doing this. Yeah, but what if I also did this as well? And I, and I won't do this. And then I get carried away and then realize it's like 20 times bigger than, I've, and then I generally go, mm, and then I go on to the next project and everything's just like, you know, 35% done.
2: Well, I mean, this is the thing with the, the kind of the maker mentality, isn't it, as a, as a core thing. it's It's solving problems. It's learning new skills. It's being confident enough to try something that you've not done before, whether yeah, that's exactly. new tools, new techniques, new materials. You know, and it's it's the willingness to fail and to learn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that because that you can if, if major, you do fail, you, yeah. If you do fail, you learn. Absolutely, and it's it's that willingness to, to fail and learn that completes that kind of set. And and I think that is what makes a maker, not whether or not you give yourself the label of being a blacksmith or a metal worker or a seamstress or a woodworker or a 3D printist or yeah. whatever it is you're doing, you know, it's like we've said before, you know, making, making yourself some lunch is still making yeah. yourself mm-hmm. some lunch. Well, it's making like when I, put, sandwich.
0: when I put my first video out which I still need to do the second part like two years later of making a Freddy, <laughs> Freddy Krueger glove. And, but that's kind of like, um, okay. So there's people out there. You've got like, I like to make stuff. It's instructional. I'm going to stand in front of the camera. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to tell you how I'm making it. And I like Bob's videos because you know, you might get a home renovation then you might get him making some kind of He-Man prop or something. Cause he's a super nerd, you know? Yep. Um, hmm but then you know it depends what you want to watch you can watch um blackbeard doesn't talk you just make it and -hmm. you can follow along or or whatever and i find that awesome i love that but i was like oh what do i want to make what would i like to see i was like all right well why don't i have um a workshop ai that talks to me in there and i mean so the idea the idea was that um i've got my glowforge laser machine uh, accidentally spill some water. It's very like the film Electric Dreams, um, when spills, she spills water on the computer and it becomes sentient. But it's like I accidentally spill water on the glowforge. There is a, a, a thunderstorm like going on. It's serendipity. Lightning hits the workshop. The glowforge becomes sentient. Um, but then there's a localized like uh, internet network within the workshop. So I have an Alexa that I you know for music. I've also got um i've also got the cameras for security so this like entity this thing was going to like wake up inside the glowforge and then because it's like a localized internet connection was going to hack into the cameras so the cameras are her eyes and then she takes over alexa and alexa's her voice and that's how like in the workshop way and not the the podcast how steve was born mm-hmm. so one day i just walk in and he goes hello phil and i what in the sweet titty fucking Christ what's going on here. <laughs> and um and then there's so and I've got I, I actually started making that video and then I, I made like the one with all the t-shirt changes when I've got all the maker t-shirts and um I love that video. It's it, but that's like the that's part one. And somebody in the comments, I won't name names, just went, Oh um, made a maker video and you've not actually made anything. I was like the amount of time it took me to make this video is probably the amount of time it took you to make five. <laughs> <If> you... <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> but I need to go back. I need to go back and like do part two. But yeah, I mean, that's, again, part of the sci-fi thing where there was the, um, this kind of maker community come involved and using their creative power to put all this um, dark matter into a Freddy Krueger glove so I can actually fight him. And taking the uh, Freddy Krueger lullaby and actually having it engraved on the knives and taking the power of the song away from him and putting it like in the glove. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, maybe I'd sh- maybe i need to start smoking weed again. I don't know, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> it's been like 13 years. I think I just need to my brain's just like,
1: oh,
0: like all the times. Like I think you need to calm down. But that's the kind of video. Yeah, you're right. Just no,
3: absolutely right. you, you don't need the stimulation, you need depression of any sort. You just need to let it out.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, that's kind of like what. What's the kind of thing that I would like to see? And that is something that I would like to see. I don't necessarily like watching myself or anything but you know, in the maker community, you know, it's there's so many people doing it. I think it would also be quite hard to have uh, uh, quite a quite distinct voice, you know, that's different from others, but there's nobody really kind of doing maker videos with a narrative like in it, you know, mm. maybe like now it could be different because I've actually got this, this sign here, like half of it filmed and in that, N8 is talking to me through the intercom, so it's kind of like the workshop could be like the holodeck, you know, on Star Trek. It could oh. be just my time away. I just need to get away from stuff. So I'm still the captain, but I'm just in my workshop having a bit of a tinker and just making some shit. But it could yeah. be on a planet or it could be on a holodeck, you know, some simulation thing. Because um, like in the video, N8, like <laughs> Steve goes, N8s wants to speak, he sounds very mad. I'm like, he's always mad. And he's complaining because he's drunk all the beer. I'm like, why are you mad? Why you, You're a robot. Why are you drinking beer? <laughs> why are you mad? And um, yeah, it's just a stupid thing like that. But um, it, I mean, the way I look at it, it's kind of like make what you want to make. You know, like someone like Paul Jackman. I, I think he's fearless. He just, he makes what he wants to make. You know, staring at the camera and eating a banana, you know, just for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> you know, just making you just feel really a little bit seedy and a bit awkward and slightly aroused and going, Man, I should be. I
2: mean, that's but, that's
0: Paul Jackman in general, isn't it? You know, whether yeah. or not he's eating a banana. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I met him a few times. Like, I met him at Maker Central and then I met him at Maker Camp. And he remembered me. I thought, that's actually quite nice because he's, you know, taking the time to to talk to you and stuff. He was quite edging away from me a little bit.
2: Well, this is what I was going to say. is It's not necessarily, um, you know, stand out the fact that he remembers you because you, you are a very memorable person. I think it would be quite difficult to, to not remember you, I think, would be the, <laughs> the bigger surprise.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, is like I don't know because I'm obviously just me and I'm just – from what I've just said in the past, it's like there's no point to kind of hide bits of me like my geeky side or um my openness to you know to try new things and stuff within reason uh but it's kind of like uh just be yourself and i think in that if you embrace that there was a thing that i heard and i don't know where he got it from but there's a Darren brown thing he said there's only two things in this world that you can control and it's your own thoughts and your own actions Mm -hmm. you can't control anything else you can try but you can't control anything else. And once you realize that, the world becomes a bit simpler and a bit easier because you're just concentrating on yourself and just doing your own thing. Like, if I say something... It's boring, though, isn't it? (laughs) But it's kind of like, you know, you can try new things and just be just who you kind of like want to be. And if I say something and somebody goes, actually, I'm quite offended by that i go okay well thanks for telling me doesn't mean you're right but you're offended just you just don't agree with what i'm saying because i've got my own beliefs and stuff like that um because otherwise you can just kind of pitter patter around life and you know especially in the world we're in now you, you know you have to be so careful about certain things that you have to say or not say rather um i mean within i'm, I'm not going to go out and you know Say awful things because that's not me, but I think just be true to yourself, you know. And I think it can lead to uh, just being a bit more chipper. I'm quite a chipper person, anyway. Well,
2: that's the things you know. Once you realize that, you know, ultimately we're we're a collection of cells on a a rock flying through space at at colossal speed or velocity, rather, you know, and when it all you know when entropy finally gets to where it's going and we're just bits of nothing on a rock
0: just worm food
2: yeah (laughs) none of it really matters you know it's no enjoy your time while you're enjoying your time so it looks like when we will eat isn't it it's it's don't be a dick and that's that's it. Yeah,
0: I've got I've got a T-shirt that I nearly wore actually. I mean, not that I could chose this especially and stuff, but I picked one up, and it just says "Be nice." Yeah, and it's it's quite a nice thing. Just just be nice. Just don't be a knobhead. Just I think
1: you know,
3: that, I, think that, I think that's it. You get uh, this sort of annoyed me with some of the kind of the, the sort of disinformation that's just skirting around on social media, and the classic line that is user defence. For social media disinformation is what well, uh, freedom of speech, mm, yeah. Well, yeah, you, you know what, you, you're right, yeah. You, you can't anyone can say anything they like, but... freedom
2: from repercussion is what they're after,
3: yeah. Mm. And that's the, that's the thing, you, you can't have that freedom from repercussions, mm. yeah. Uh, and there's accounta-
0: yeah. accountability as well, you know, for, for whatever you say or whatever you do. this
2: is you know from the service industry you know the the customer is always right you know (laughs) phrases like that 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 thing you know like andy mentioned before you know the the um jack of all trades master of none, is only part of the phrase you know and it's things it's the other stuff that's forgotten about the whole the, the the origins of the customer is always right is only half of the story the whole the, the the phrase of the customer is always right is only half of it because it's the, the customer is only right in terms of their style and taste. And it's got nothing to do with their actions or their opinions or their demands or anything like that. It was that if the customer says, I would like this in fluorescent pink, please, it's not your job to say, no, you can't have that because that's going to be ugly. Hmm. It doesn't mean that the customer can say, I want you to refund me this because I've decided it's rubbish. That's not the customer being right. There's still, mm. you know, you, you have to still have standards, you have to still have processes, procedures, and ways of dealing business and all the rest of stuff. That that's not what the customer is right means as a mm. phrase. Mm. It means that if the customer wants something that you think is gonna be but ugly, it's their decision and their right. To pick that that is not your style, mm. but it, it doesn't mean that they can legitimately be a dick to you. Or... I mean, I've had
0: yeah, like in a restaurant once. There was a waitress came downstairs, like crying and stuff. So I'm gonna have to give a refund, like, to this guy. So I go up. And he's eating his dinner. He's eating all of the food on his plate, and he wants a refund because it was disgusting, and he's just been an absolute horrible person to the waitress. And I was like, so what was wrong with it? It was disgusting. It was cold, and it was disgusting. Okay. But why did you eat it all? Why did you not send it back? It's like, well, it was here and I was hungry. Okay. I'm not really understanding. You've just eaten it all and now you want a refund. It's like uh, I just I don't really understand. I mean, me, me and him just went back, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I said, it doesn't make sense what you're saying. You've actually eaten the food. You've n- you're not giving me any, any evidence at all. And he was just this. This poor girl came down. And was just in absolute tears. There's just, uh, just, just no need for you know that, that kind of attitude. If you're having a bad day, you don't take it out on other people. Exactly. That's it. You know, there's there's it's like I say, just be nice. It doesn't really take much. And you never know that that action of you, that interaction that you've just had with somebody, could have a very positive effect on their day. You know, I mean. I saw my neighbor the other day and um he's in a bit of a bad way he's old he's just being diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um some other stuff and he's just he just was just stood there and he was just looking just a little bit you know phased out and um with dementia and stuff and I was just like talking to him and as soon as I started talking to him he just seemed to like come back to himself seemed to center himself and just we had a nice little chat Eric and his little dog and um he just seemed to be really chipper. I think in that moment he just needed somebody to snap him out of it. Yeah. He'd gone somewhere where he didn't and he didn't know where he was. And uh then me just going over and talking to him. Because I, I think he's great. I mean he's like fed my cats when I was like, you know, in America and stuff. He's a great little guy. He's hilarious. Him and his wife. Do you remember um I think it's a film, never ending story, when there's the big white dragon, furry dragon. And there's the two little, like, I think it's Billy Crystal plays one of the characters, and they're kind of this just arguing, just old, like, um, pixies or something like that. Always just arguing, but they're just a great duo. That's Eric and his, and his wife, Jean. The names that he calls her when I'm, like, at the door or something, she's shouting at him, and he's shouting at her, and it's like it's like something from Walken and Wise or something. It's, like, it's, it's so, so funny. Um but yeah, like I say, I mean, just me going over to him and just talking to him because I saw him in a bit of distress. Mm. I think that, you know, made it's the made, little, made a difference.
2: Little kindnesses, isn't it? You know, just little things yeah. where you can just improve a situation for the sake of. Which kind of like, of I,
0: I don't know where I saw this, but someone was saying, you know, if somebody sees somebody fall over, like in town or something, the more likely are going to get the phone out to film it than actually help the person. Yeah. Because they want likes or views or whatever. And but mm-hmm. that is just like how did you get to that or oh, of oh I need to take a video of this person, you know, being hurt or falling over, rather than going, Oh, do you need a hand? Are you okay? If
2: you if you help that one person, you've only got one person's gratitude, haven't you? Whereas if you post it online and get a thousand likes on Reddit or Facebook or whatever, you've got a thousand people who, who like what you've seen and you Yeah, know, but then you you're a scumbag.
3: But it, it's about status. <laughs> yeah, I, in fact, I heard of, I've heard a really interesting talk uh, podcast earlier this week, and it's talking about how we are many of the things that we do are driven by a pursuit of status in some way, uh-huh. whether that's money or you know, actually sort of going into debt in order to get that BMW or that particularly nice house yeah. or yeah. or whatever. But I I, I I suspect that something like that taking that. Piece of video, yeah. We've got this technology. We've got this kind of way now. We've got this sort of social media aspect to life, and, and if you take something and you get more likes, and you get that dopamine hit of more and more likes, that increases exactly, yeah. your, your your sort of status. And yeah, well, it's it, it, a it's not healthy. No. B it no. leads to people being dicks, and it's, it's not a good it's not Although, society I,
0: I did read this news story which i wish that i could see a video of that this mountain lion um attacked this uh, woman's kid and this woman grappled the mountain lion and fought the mountain lion yeah five-year-old i'd, lo- yeah. I'd love to see a video of that <laughs> it's like when you see a guy and he's he punches a kangaroo and you're like oh, i love that cuts. video it's like what the fuck you've got balls of steel i mean i'm glad somebody picked up a camera for that because that's just awesome but because <laughs> the kangaroo was uh, was attacking the
2: dog wasn't it and he just went yeah. over and clocked it square in the jaw
0: yeah and the kangaroo is taller than him as well and he's just he punches it right and in the ripped. face and i'm like yeah and it's like and the biggest bold ball, ball bag as well it's my god look at the size yeah it just kangaroos it are right...
3: something else it comes to kind of muscle mm-hmm. and well they're australian for starters isn't it so i mean that that so they're
0: that's bound to that. try and kill you at some point. Yeah, yeah, eat you all, or bite you. I mean, there was an episode of The Mighty Boosh when he fights a kangaroo, and that was just one of the funniest things like ever. Uh, Howard Moon, it's just like <laughs> because they are fierce animals as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thought that I mean the adrenaline that's running through your body whilst you're running towards a kangaroo, and then just to have the ball to punch it in the face, it was like fair dues, man. I think he he and a brew
2: this the, the stunned look on the kangaroo's face is like, yeah, but you, a a mate of mine mate of mine grew up in uh South Africa and uh was <laughs> born in what was Rhodesia back then it's now Zimbabwe, and he said that there's there's uh tribes around that area in southern Africa who they they know. The kind of the psychology of the animals. So you'll have like a pride of lions that will, will take down like a caribou or something. And these guys will then see that and they'll just walk in, you know, like two or three of them just carrying a spear and they'll just walk straight in. Balls of steel, complete confidence, just walking up towards the lions. This is the, you know, pride of lions who've just taken down this other animal, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the amount of raw strength and power and, for these animals and these you know like three blokes will just walk up towards the animal hack off a leg and then walk away and the lion's just kind of like they don't know what to do they just kind of (laughs) like these guys must be really really serious if if they're just going to walk up to us like we're no threat yeah take some of our lunch that we've just got and then walk well, let them do it you know it's just like that's that's apex
0: predator right there isn't it that's kind of like holy shit okay
2: absolutely like you say it's just that that moment of uh if you've if you've got that adrenaline you've got that that determination there to be able to just this is what i need to do and then go and do it it's you know it's the walking into a site with you know your clipboard and your high-vis vest even though you're not meant to be there if you look like you are meant to be there you'll generally be let in you know your, well there's social that, engineering for the animal kingdom sort of
0: thing there's that Darren brown thing where he's gone into like bookies and he'll put a bet on and he used to do it like with the on the dog tracks and stuff and he'll, he'll go to someone which dog is going to lose and they'll want the one that came in last and he'll take the ticket to the to the cashier when. we're and he did this like slamming thing like on on the counter and go that's the winning ticket and like 80 percent of the time they'd pay him out mm. because it just you know he's gone into jewellers and he's given them uh, money but it's just blank and they've taken it just blank paper yeah. they've taken it and he's bought like an expensive ring and stuff it's just just he just he bypasses he kind of like um hacks the brain you know he was saying um there was there was one thing when he was um, he was uh, out in the town or something, and this guy was obviously just cruising for a fight. Um, and like I think Darren said, he'd been like working out, he's strong, and he could have maybe handled himself. But he says all he did was, and this guy came up to him and was calling him the c word and all this kind of stuff. He just said my neighbor's my neighbor's wall is a bit taller than you know the one I've got outside my front door. And this guy was just so shocked because he was like, but, I know this isn't hang on, I wanted, I wanted to fight him, but now he's talking about the wall outside his house. Yes. Hmm. And he just, he just he frazzled his brain, and he said I, he ended up just sat, you know, on the side of the road with this guy because he knew there was something else going on, and he yeah. just helped him out a little bit. But this guy was trying to lash out, but he just rewired his brain a little bit, and he was like,
2: oh, it snapped him out of it. It's, the it's brain surprising is... how often that kind of works. It's just, like, you know, sort of back in back in my past of of looking into that kind of stuff, you know, and it's saying that, you know, one of the good ways of practicing is if you go to like a, a cafe where they've got, you know, the the specials of the day or something like that. Um you know, it's saying about, you know, like the uh the the deli type thing where you've got like the bench seating and stuff. So there's there's usually somewhere for an extra person to sort of sit. And there's anything hmm. you, you know you sit down, you wait for the, the the server to come over and stop, you know, explaining what's going on, and you know, oh, oh hi, i I'll, I'll be serving you today. Here's here's the daily specials, and they're going just by rope, just just reciting the stuff that they know from memory. Yeah, your brain goes out of this kind of conscious thought mode and into like subconscious processing mode, and that's a perfect opportunity then to uh, to stop them dead in the tracks, get them into like a. a, a like a secondary process mode where they're then trying to work out where they were in their, in their list of things, you know, Mm. did they get to the fourth special or were they still on the third special? And and in that moment you can, you can slip a command in, you know, suggestible. Yeah. yeah, And they're saying, you know, like if you, if you do that, you can go into a cafe and, you know, be chatting, you know, know, be sat at the table and and someone will come over and they'll start explaining the specials and Mm. you can go stop, sit, and in that that moment where they hear the stop and they're like, "Oh shit, where was I?" But their brains heard the command of sit, and they'll just sit down mm. with you. <laughs> and there's that kind of moment of of hang on, what, why am I sat down? Mm. And it, you see Darren Brown do that kind of thing quite a lot. It's that just yeah. just being able to sneak through into that yeah. kind of that one of the... of the brain to control the the functions.
0: Yeah. One of the ones that I heard him say it's like if you're on the bus or on the train and you've got like a seat next to you and it might be quite full and you know someone's gonna sit next to you and you don't want them to, you just whoever's pat coming to towards me. you and you you look at them in the eye and you just pat the seat and you smile. They're <laughs> like, I have no fucking way I'm sitting next to that guy. He's gonna wear my head as he's gonna be wearing my head as a hat in a couple of hours. <laughs> you just wouldn't would you? you're like, mm, I'll stand, I'm all right. <laughs> I mean I, I saw him um live like years ago, and it, it was just incredible. It's just like i i I looked at actually seeing if I could um go watch you when I was in New York. it's four hundred dollars a ticket. I don't like yeah. him that much, yeah he was on Broadway, but you're not that good um yeah. but I, I find all that stuff like fascinating. I mean the devotion and the time that he's put into mm. his his skills.
2: You know, and he calls himself a magician. Yes.
0: Yeah, and he'll quite happily out. You know, all these people in America, these evangelists and mediums mm. and stuff like that. It's just a trick. It's just a trickery. You know, it's um, something that's been going on for a very, very long time. And uh, he's just, a, he's just like, yeah, he's just. He's a not very, right.
2: very good showman.
0: He really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's slowed down a lot. You know, he's not doing as many shows and stuff. It must be quite difficult, you know, to keep up that that level. Uh, But the one I saw, somebody shouted out in the crowd and he said, If you shout again, I will make you piss the bed for the rest of your life. (laughs) And it's
3: like,
0: (laughs) like... (laughs) Fair enough. I don't think he shouted out again.
3: (laughs) That's the comebacks Alan Carpets out. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I remember uh, I went to go see this uh, hypnotist years ago and um my friend got hypnotized and it was in the um in the interval in the middle and he was he said he made him believe that he had eyes on the end of his fingers like he was an alien so he was just walking around the crowd like this just looking at people and he had just no no memory of it like at all <laughs> it was uh yeah, it was quite interesting um it's one thing I'd actually thought about maybe going to see more like stage shows, not like musicals, mm. but just like seeing more, more shows. I mean, I saw the Mighty Boosh live; they were they were very good because you get the whole crowd. What did you say now? I'm going to have to use the C word here, so get the censorship button uh, ready. Somebody shouted out in the crowd, and Noel um, shouted out, "Have you been possessed by a cunt?" <laughs> 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 and Yeah, they didn't shout out after that either. <laughs> but I do, I do love a good heckle. I must admit.
2: Well yeah, like Jimmy Carr has a whole section on it, doesn't he? Where he gets the crowd heckling and does all the put downs and stuff. Well, he did yeah, a thing recently. Actually,
3: yeah, Jimmy Carr, not Alan Carr. Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> Carr. Yeah. Um,
0: they do, they do the the roast, the roasts and stuff. And he actually, the first season that they did it, when it was just comedians roasting each other, he won. And then he came back the next time, but he had all these jokes written down on a clipboard. And they were kind of like, but this is meant to be all improv and you know, stuff. And you've got all stuff written down. You know, it just didn't make sense. So he got disqualified. It's kind of like, yeah, I think you've just broken all the rules and improv and you've got everything like, written down. Like, what was the one, because there was a comedi- comedian in front of him. And um, I think he just typed. then that he said, I typed your name into Google and Google just went, Yeah, no, me neither. Never heard of him. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I do I do like a good put down.
3: I like I like kind of sort of stage. I used to one of the things I used to go to quite regularly was be um like talks by people like yeah, Chris Bonington or I used to be into climbing big time, so mm. I'd kind of, yeah, go to talk with Chris Bonington or Doug Scott or Thanks. something like that. And I always really enjoyed those kind of evenings because you get kind of they're often smaller venues as well so it's a little bit Mm. more intimate and you've got somebody sort of discussing things and they'll often open things up to the floor and sort of yeah get any questions and yeah they're often kind of just yeah just really good evenings i think
0: it's kind of like the ted talks as well you know yes um i fell asleep last week having a few beers just fell asleep and just youtube was on and it was a ted talk this guy who um was homeless and he was uh, drugs in smoking meth and he was brewing he lived up in a mountain and he was brewing his own wine like in an old toilet or something like that um and it wasn't until he was like in his 30s that he taught himself how to read and write and he managed to get into school and by the time he was 60 he had a phd and he was teaching at this university and stuff. It was just like I was just I was like, am I having some kind of weird trippy mind dream or something, or is this actually? Because I was kind of a little bit uh, what
3: the stuff, that, stuff like that happens when I was when I did my degree. Uh, there was, there, I think there were about thirty of us doing physics and, and the various options. So In... Was
0: Einstein there as well when you did your degree? <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> Not quite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was still in high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, there were a couple yeah. there were a couple of there were a couple of guys on the course who were mature students. One of them was sixty something. He'd worked for BT his entire life. Didn't have a degree, but yeah, he, he, he yeah, well, he, he, he worked for BT his entire life, and he just wanted to do something for himself. He, he didn't really get involved in the social side of things. He he lived locally, so he yeah, he just kind of went home. Nice guy, but just kept himself to himself. The other guy um, was in his mid-30s. And, yeah, he was staying on campus and sort of get to know him a little bit. He'd left school at 14, because, you yeah, back in those days, you could leave at that sort of age. Um, and it'd become a bricky because he couldn't read. He it, it, it didn't have any any sort of skills as such. Mm. But then, kind of early 20s, he was doing some sort of day release course, and so yeah, somebody sort of said, one of the sort of tutors, yeah, it's like, Do you realize you're dyslexic? It's like, what, what does that mean? Mm. It, well, it means you, you're going to struggle with reading and writing, and yeah, have you thought of doing sort of compu- using computers because, yeah, was, you know, computers were starting to become a bit of a thing, and he was like. Oh okay, so over the over sort of the period then of about sort of ten years or so, he worked through kind of various courses and uh, Open University, got himself to a point where he could start a full time undergraduate degree in in physics. He completed the the degree and then did his PhD and yeah became Doctor Drew. Yeah, he, he's yeah. Went from bricky to nuclear physicist.
2: I oh, say so he wasn't a rapper doing
3: headphones, though. So. Dr. Dre. Yeah, definitely. Different, different yeah. Spell <laughs> three. yeah. Um, actually, yeah, Dr. Dre. I did break that. W off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did. I, I, I never what, know what happened to him. But um, yeah, it it is. It's interesting how, yeah, we kind of. I think, particularly, uh, getting back into the kind of the older days of education, how many people were told, yeah, you know, you. You could get into the whole kind of discussion about grammar schools, yeah, the, particularly of old, um, and even, even the modern-day grammar school, about, yeah, the, the students who don't make it are often then mm. kind of go, well, I didn't make it. I failed. Yeah, I'm 11 years old. I didn't pass the 11 plus. I, I failed in life. Mm. And for some students, that becomes a reality that lives with them for, yeah, sometimes their entire prophecy, life. And, yeah, sometimes they get in that situation of, yeah, Really bad things happen, and and some get out, like the guy you described, Phil. But and yeah, the guy I was at university with. Um, Sometimes they don't because there's yeah they don't fit into that chronological system of assessment Mm. for education. And it's like back in the day,
0: there wasn't dyslexia. It was just kind of like you were just considered lazy or unfocused.
2: Exactly what I was going to say. Things like dyslexia, things like autism, things like ADHD, you know, things that weren't, you know, have been around for thousands of years, mm. but were never given a proper thought or diagnosis or treatment or anything like that. That are now, you know, people in that sort of situation. More and more people yeah. are in that situation where they they might be considered lazy or not trying or. You know, delinquents or whatever that are now Mm. being recognised as actually having something treatable, and then giving them a new lease of life, giving them an opportunity to you know realise their full potential, sort of thing. Well, this is
0: like that guy that I mentioned. It's like he said he was just you know into his drugs and alcohol, and he was just lashing out, and he, I think he'd been probably been to prison and stuff, and it was all just due to um, you know not having that kind of education at the beginning. You know being treated like an outcast and a wrong and all the time so he just became it okay mm-hmm. if you believe i'm this 15. i'll yeah. yeah if you if you think i'm this i'll just be it yeah you know society we, we were labeling him as as just useless mm-hmm. you know and he just went and hid from everyone and then he was kind of like oh no you know i think he bought himself a car and he slept in his car while he's going to you know university and stuff just slept in his car and doing his course. Like I read the other day or I saw a little video like James Cameron, you know, the Oscar winning Titanic and avatar. He was a truck driver, never made Mm -hmm. a film in his life. He just went into university and he was just photocopying all these books. And he just kind of got himself an education from just, you know, doing all this and started doing movies. And he didn't go to like to, to film school or anything. He just decided to become a filmmaker and uh, taught himself. And he was just a truck driver living with his kids and his wife in a suburban house.
2: Yeah. I mean, I forget which way around it is. I think it was either Alan Rickman or, um, or Rickman. I want to say Sylvester Stallone. I don't mean Sylvester Stallone, uh, Han Solo.
0: Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. He was a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he was a carpenter. Alan Rickman then I believe was a painter, painter decorator, I think. Um, or might've also been a carpenter, but again, they were, you know, were just in the trades, and then it wasn't until later on in life they started, you know, doing some. some well, wasn't he working at George on. Lucas's house?
0: Harrison yeah, he Park. was. Yeah, he was. He was doing carpentry at George Lucas's house. I mean, you know, there's just things in life that just seem to be serendipity, you know, such mm. shit like that. I mean, you know how Tom Selleck was meant to be Indiana Jones, but couldn't do it because of the Magnum like he was filming. So then they chose Harrison Ford. And so this is yeah. one of his most iconic roles. Well, he's still doing it. I think they're filming the latest one now. I think he's just yeah. broke his hip or something.
3: <laughs> well, he's getting on a bit, and he's had a few accidents. So,
2: Well, he nearly got crushed on the uh, one of the Star Wars films, didn't
0: he? He broke he his died. leg. It came down.
2: Yeah, the hydraulics on the door failed. He, crashed,
0: he crashed, his gl- crashed his glider. <laughs> I yeah. think he's like bionic, that fellow. He just gets up and just... <laughs> It's, it's kind of like together. you know a sticky tip, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, just matches and cuckoo spit but it's like even Sylvester Stallone or something you look at him and he's like 75 the dude's ripped you know it's like yeah. is it? I mean he's held together by you know human growth hormones yeah. I think um, if melted, he stopped taking that I mean if he stopped taking that stuff he'd just crumble you know I'd be like that guy who who um you know, in in the Last Crusade, when he chose Paulie, when he just all his face melts off, <laughs> it just be like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you shouldn't be like that in your mid seventies. I mean, the guy's got like abs abs at seventy odds, It's just like
3: that's insane.
0: Yeah, just got, I've got I've just got the one pack. That's what I'm going. I'm, I'm working with. <laughs> no, it's um. Yeah, It's very strange about some people just seem to just to go on forever, don't they? Like us tonight.
3: I was gonna say, like, <laughs> we, we've just hit three hours, so we're still in second place, uh, in terms of the longest. We really have
0: to go like six more minutes or something. Well, I yeah.
2: mean, well, it, should we talk about some attention stuff, you know? Cause well, I, know, I was we, just gonna we're say, all very um, much, we uh, uh, a bit of time,
3: yeah, <laughs> Phil. What's been grabbing your attention lately? Um. Like I say, I mentioned, like, critical
0: role, like, earlier. I've been really getting into that. Um, there's, there's one YouTuber who's actually doing the first campaign at the moment, and he's just doing, like, the funny highlights and stuff. Um, so rather than a four-hour episode, and you've got four hours an episode, and there's, like, I think there was 165 episodes in campaign two. It's like, I can't get through all that. That's we'll ridiculous. Get, there. We'll get there. <laughs> I was like, come on. Um Pakistan have been watching a lot These of the night.
2: role and then we'll go for Joe Rogan
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I like his money he's got a few Bob mm. um like if like if Spotify just just turned around and said you've got complete creative control of your podcast, we're just going to pay you a shit ton of money and we'll just give you the the platform just do what you want but like hell's yeah I mean, one, one uh one thing i mean if if it was i mean it's a pipe dream and it's ridiculous because it'll never happen but there's a lot of people involved in this and if the show was able to produce enough revenue that the people involved didn't have to work and could be involved in the show and do whatever they wanted to you know it's kind of like um i'm down for that yeah i mean if we just had the, the Darkstar star compound or something we we just build our own little ISS, you know.
2: Like, like the Avengers
0: Tower. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, we, we've all got a level ourselves and, you know, we've got jewellery making, woodwork, leatherwork. We're all in there.
2: R&D we Labs don't... with the recording studio right at the top.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's a bar, a revolving bar at the top. free drinks. Um, I know it's a pipe dream, um, but like one of my friends said, I am a dreamer at the end of the day and I think the world does need dreamers because you know there's not enough offers but it's kind of like if someone said to sylvester not so Arnold Schwarzenegger, i guess you'll never be the biggest movie star in the world give over what are you talking about it's having that belief in yourself it's like just because it's not been done before i mean like neil armstrong
3: you know
2: people like him. It.
1: yeah
0: exactly you know B- barack obama uh you know you know you've got you've got to have the belief in yourself you know there's going to be people out there who will be be so happy to knock you and to keep you down what are you doing that for Nah, you're dreaming too much it's just like actually no fuck you i can dream as much as i want it's not it's not up to you to tell me what i i can dream about and what i think could actually be possible because if you can dream it then it could maybe happen you know and some things in life, you don't know where it's going to lead you. I didn't know joining the folds of tools is going to lead me to make a central to meeting me, meeting Adam Savage. You don't that's, know where life is going to take you.
2: That's usually a top tier make a dream, isn't it? Is to uh, to shake hands with Adam Savage.
0: We shook hands. He had his arm around me, which I've not washed. Just uh, the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little. It's a little funky. <laughs> a little a bit, bit, bit fishy like scratch and sniff kind of thing going on but no he's he just seems i mean you know he he averts his gaze to you and you have like two minutes mm-hmm. and that's that's his attention on you and as soon as you're done move along i'm just going to talk to the next person you know it's um uh, but it was But the thing is you know like i've emailed with the craftsman few times i'd love him to be on the show you know i think it would be fantastic it's kind of like this is why i'm asking you know jimmy de if he would like to be on um i did talk with laura a, a while ago and she said yeah it's kind of like there's no harm in asking these people to be on i'm not swap teams not going to come flying through the window and handcuff me to the to the ground and beat me to death just because i've asked a question to somebody it's like mm-hmm. ask away they might go yeah you know
3: it's so like it could happen. They might say no.
0: Exactly, and I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. They go, "Well, you're you no.
3: You're in the same position you are now. They're not on the show. Yeah, but if they say I yes, mean, they...
0: the thing is, That's a I, I think you've got to have like a positive attitude, like to go into the show, because, like I say, I am. I make this alone by myself. It's an odd thing because I'm listening to humans' voices and stitching it all together, but I am just doing it by myself. At the end of the day. You know, like I said about the composer or the, the the sculptor or the artist, you're there doing your creation. But I've just got the belief, a belief, like in it, like the guy from, like, what's his name? Um, J.K. Rowland. She went to like every single book book publisher and they said no. But then somebody said yes. And now she's a billionaire with one of the biggest franchises that w- that happened in movie history, you know, yeah. um, the guys that didn't sign the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, mm-hmm. but then somebody did,
2: you it's know, peppered throughout history, isn't it? That kind of thing of of people going, if I said yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I find it, I mean, and I don't know who will listen to this up to this point. Um, Cause you know, <laughs> they might have Oh fuck. Um, I would love for this project to be, you know, me in the center of it, kind of like pulling the strings, but, but there to be just a huge creative whirlwind, you know, around it with different people interacting in, you know, different departments, you know, talking and stuff like that. Or, you know, if you're in it and then um, – so it could be somebody does a 3D model. You're able to do the 3D printing you know through through that I mean the show's called Dark Star One the name of the ship and I've not even designed the ship you know it's just and and I have the ability to have lots of ideas of how the ship is but I'm not capable of putting it down on a 2D sketch Mm. but if somebody will you know, have the skill to do that. And I'll go, okay, this is what I think, and I'll write it all down. And i will go, bang, 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 here's eight different designs. And I go, I love it. Bosh, there, that's fantastic. And it gets t- taken to the next person. They do a 3D model of it and rendering. You know, And then there can be animation. I mean, the the show could be gra- a graphic novel. It could be made into graphic novels. Yeah. Um, and I've got ideas of the... I mean, I can draw, I just haven't done it for quite a long time but i'd be able to give a lot of ideas for characters you know and stuff i would love i'd love i'd love for people just to not be afraid to have an idea for the show and come to me and go do, do you mind if i do this I'd like, knock yourself out i can't pay you <laughs> I, can't, I can't give anyone any like monetary you know thing for it but um if you go oh i've got this um because somebody mentioned, like, people having their own theme music, you know, like Star Wars, race theme, Yoda and stuff. People can have their own little tempo of music or something. But I'd love to have its own music involved, like, in the show and stuff like that, you know. And one thing that grabbed my attention is um, he's called Ian Hubert's, I think. He's a VFX artist. Mm-hmm. And his stuff is – he just releases um first episode – I think it's like fifteen minutes long, it's taken them three years to make. Oh, v-
2: Blender effects artist? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And it is it's very old. It's it's very technological, but it's old technology. It's old new technology. So everything's mm-hmm. beaten up like Blade Runner, Star Wars and stuff. So you know, then instead of like a, a paddle ship, it's just got all these things attached to it and it's very sci fi and um cyberpunky and stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, But the detail that's in that is better than any special effects that I've seen recently Mm. in any movie. It's ridiculous and stuff. And that's exactly like how I was seeing the spaceport in, like, episode three. Just everything held together by duct tape and, you know, flashing neon lights and there's brothels and there's bars and there's people fighting in the streets. But there's sinister stuff going on in the shadows and there's, you know, the black market where Skip meets some um, stitches and stuff it's like I, I just want all these layers like involved like in the show you know just it isn't just what you're seeing or what you're hearing there's all this stuff going on in the background is it, i'm built i'm trying to build a universe a world mm. you know and stuff and fill it out with these characters and these um i mean you've got the dark order which i've not really spoken about much they're like acolytes you know that i've been around for thousands of years Um, and so they could be, I thought about doing, you know, like in Starship Troopers, they always did like these kind of satirical adverts, like in the movies, like Paul Verhoeven does like in Robocop. And Mm -hmm. it'd be like, um, it would be like, a, uh, like a training video for the dark order and stuff, but satirical and a bit funny, you know, I did it a little bit, I did it a little bit like with episode three at the beginning is like uh are you doing your know. part <laughs> no 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 it's it's the beginning when you, you see the thing and all the fire like comes off it at the beginning of it um and then they do like a disclaimer you know saying that um if you don't kill 300 innocents in the first month you just you'll be burned in the pits of something or other you know <laughs> um i mean jo- john did that john who plays um skip like did the voice for that and stuff so i'm just trying to build this world and that's why I was like do the fake adverts and I spoke Mm -hmm. with the Brothers Make and I thought they could actually play like a duo of like newscasters so do like these kind of really small two minute news kind of little little snippets and they talk about certain things that's going on in the dark world uh, dark universe and stuff but they could you know maybe play the same characters that they were like in episode 3 I just called them Johnny and Johnny (laughs) (laughs) that's what we'll call Johnny and Johnny
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, they've already been likened to Ant and Deck by the uh, the guys at the Make Your Own Way podcast. And, you know, it's, it's it's so fitting because they make they're such a good double act anyway.
0: Well, the one that got me that, that actually got, got me <laughs> <laughs> the one that kind of like uh, inspired me was the two headed announcer in the pod race in episode mm. one, of Star Wars. Um, that kind of really cheesy over the voice kind of sportscaster kind of thing. Um, they they nailed it, and I thought they'd be quite good newscasters. Yeah, um, but then, th- but then that's another character, you know, just this one creature just with two heads, got two similar but different personalities and stuff. It's, I mean, I'd I find so it. They have people rocks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Sam. I played him. Um, uh, yeah, you know uh, what I mean, though. He played him so well in Rockwell.
2: the film. Sam Rockwell, yeah.
0: Um, yeah it plays him amazingly like in the film but I just find there's just so much scope for it that you know I, I, if somebody just got like an idea like um, but I'm also not very good at uh, marketing and promotion promotion of the show um, so like Red was saying maybe snippets to go on TikTok you know stuff like that um, you know it's free but it's kind of like I think I'm I'm too I'm too close to it mm-hmm. you know I'm not so when I used to do like these fabric banners and stuff, I'd be constantly, you know, these banners would be up on a wall meters and meters away from the customers and stuff. But I'd be inches away getting the perfect, you know, um, curves on an S or a C. And I need to just that one last pass because it needs to be perfect. But it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough to go up on a wall that people see meters yeah. away. And I am very um, like that with the show. You know i'm very close to it so um that's why i like reading like the reviews i mean there's only three up there um <laughs> but, it's, but it's nice to, to read to read them you know go, oh that's what somebody's thinking about it. Ah, okay mm-hmm. um but i need to get that feedback because you know it's like a comedian that goes out you know when they do an hour-long special on a show um they've been honing that for months and months and months so it's the perfect hour you know they they need to know which joke hits because i don't want to be thinking of a bit of a story which i think's hilarious and people like yeah it's a bit naff why, why is he going with this so you it's, know it,
2: it's there's always that niche there isn't there there's always you know there's always someone who's going to be like you you know in a world with seven billion people in it you know there's I know, granted, not every single one of those is gonna to listen to the podcast, but Well they should. Yeah. They should. That would be fantastic for your numbers. <laughs> but um they all right? they're all right. The fact that, you know, not everything appeals to everyone. Yeah. And the the best thing you can do is just be true to yourself. You know. Like exactly. you said, don't don't pander to the audience because yeah. the audience doesn't really matter. It's only going to be the vocal minority that you'll hear any negativity from anyway.
0: Generally, you, you hear back from the from the people who want to say really shitty things about stuff. You know, exactly. you, yeah, you get your little keyboard warriors, and there was there was um, uh, um, talking about hello again, Adam Adam Savage, and he was at a convention. Um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, convention last weekend, and he's behind the plexiglass and he's, you know masked up and stuff, and he's just pictures of all these people coming to him and giving him presents, and mm-hmm. I just um, I think it was on the tested. Um, Instagram, and I
1: just,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just put, this is amazing to see. There's so many things to love about this picture because there was a young kid giving Adam some stuff and Adam, Patel was elated. And I just put, this warms my heart just seeing this. And then somebody answers, uh, no. You uh, just put, yeah, no. I'm, uh, you've got it completely wrong. These are just nobodies yeah. who are wearing costumes that Adam doesn't care about. He's a professional. I was like, yeah, you don't know. What he's saying, you just want to say something negative, you know. Adam Savage goes to these conventions. Well, he's getting paid, obviously, but he loves but he the was interaction. he to them
2: before he was getting paid to go, and he goes incognito because he wants to be there and see it and enjoy it. And
0: well, he did it today at Silicon Valley. He was um, the Mark One Iron Man walking around in his suit, yeah. and he loves it. He loves the interaction. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then this, but this person just wanted to say something negative to the comment I put because they're maybe having a bad day or they're just a op you know who just mm-hmm. just likes to shit from a great height on people he's one of those people that are just like if you were walking past with a pair chip, of chips he just kind of push Stop yeah. Knocking at your hands. yeah yeah the, the kind of person that you'd love to uppercut into like a big like if there's a big cake or a big bowl of punch just to uppercut <laughs> right right into that You're just like oh you're having a bad day but there's no need yeah i mean i find social media can be amazing i find Instagram mostly positive. I find Twitter just uh, vile, vacuous, just just awfulness when you're just reading stuff. And people get upset because, you know, your post goes, I had a lovely bacon sandwich this this afternoon. Then somebody will say something really shitty. Then the original person gets really upset. It's kind of like, what do you expect? It's just, I just find it really odd. Like you say, it's... um, People want validation just for really weird stuff. Yeah. Just for being, you know, there was, there was, I know, unfortunately, he's passed away now, Sean Locke, a few weeks ago. And it was on an Eight Hour Cats episode. And they were talking about um, Katie Price, Jordan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And someone said, I'll leave her alone. She's a great mum. And they went, Well, that's just the bare minimum. You, you're meant to be a good mum if you've got kids. So, record, it, is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're meant to be if you have children to be the best mum or father that you can be, but don't leave her alone. She's a great mum, yeah. But she's just a vacuous, horrible person, <laughs> fame hungry, you know. Just this, yeah. And it's just kind of like I-, I liked him because he just didn't pull any punches,
1: mm.
0: you know. It's kind of like I'm not a big fan of, fan of his stand up, but Ricky Gervais, you know, he understands just how ridiculous being famous is. You know, and there's all those, um, what's it? Golden Globes. When he's just yeah. ripping people a New One, because he understands just how fickle it all is, and just how so far up the run ass they all are. And he's like, "I don't give a fuck. Just come up and get your award and piss off." <laughs> and I love that.
2: Well, I remember the- Ricky Gervais being on like the um, the eleven o'clock show back twenty years ago. Wasn't Borat on that as well? Oh no, Alan Partridge was on it, wasn't he? No, no, it was Ali Ali G back in the day. Ali G. It's still Sasha Baron Cohen who did Borat and Ali G, but that was their roots. You know, it was Ian Lee and Daisy Donovan uh, on a show called The 11 O'Clock Show that was on at half 10 at night, Mm. or 25 past 10 or something like that. You know, and and it was Ricky Gervais was like the idiot interviewer going round. You know, you had Ali G doing his idiotic interviews and Ricky Gervais mm. doing his is like a news reporter Jonathan pye kind of you know satirical silliness um, and then he's just all of a sudden become this like massive thing that's yeah I mean I, I don't get him but I mean I like his way
0: of like okay we've done a good thing we've made the office we're not going to just keep beating this dead horse we're going to do two series then that's it we're done And then we're going to go to, uh, what's the other one that he did? Extras. And then we're done. He's either run out of ideas or he just wants to leave it, you know, like that. Mm. Um, So I kind of like that, how he's just not milking it. You know, he likes all these different projects like Derek and what's the really sad one that he's just done when his wife just died of cancer or something.
3: knows?
0: Jesus Christ, I, I think I watched all two series over one weekend, I was in pieces, <laughs> but it, but, it, but it's funny, like the guy, you know the guy that's on 8 Out of 10 Cats, Joe Wilkinson, Yeah, he's just got the big beard and stuff, you play as a postman, so there's an episode where there's a knock on the door and he's like, <laughs> Joe Wilkinson's like, can I just use your toilet? And he's like, yeah, yeah, like short enough props, and he's gone for like ages, and he goes upstairs and you're thinking, he's having a poo. He's having a poo, and he, he get he gets up, and he's in the bath. He's out of the bath. <laughs> just laid in the bath. Like, like, What's up when he gets really annoyed at Ricky Chavez because he's annoyed at him? But you're thinking, I was thinking, he's gone up for a poo, hasn't he? And
2: then when he was just laid in the big, he's having a big bubble bath. I was like, oh, that is genius. I love that. I mean, that probably was unscripted anyway. That's probably just what Joe, Wil- Joe Wilkinson did. I
0: mean, the stuff that he's done, like, on 8 out of 10 cats when he had a Hello Kitty rucksack, and he had a big Ziploc bag full of um, Scotch eggs. Yeah. And he's going, there's 17 Scotch eggs in that. And they're like, do you want to know why there's 17 Scotch eggs? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's as many as I can fit in. That's
2: it. <laughs> like, you see the on task, on Taskmaster where he they had to impress this bloke from a, he was a mayor of somewhere, you know, a relatively unimportant political type person but still someone of, of status that they wouldn't have normally you know been near and they mm-hmm. just had to impress this person um and they all you know the five contestants all went off and and did various things you know singing to him or dancing or writing poetry or whatever and Joe wilkinson just buggered off came back uh, with a, a, a you know a, a bag full of stuff from the local corner shop and it was it was like 37 calipo lolly ices and a four pack of strong lager and then he <laughs> went oh and i've got like 30 quid in my wallet have that as well that was that was his attempt to impress this politician (laughs) just to bribe him
0: i mean i I love like you know there's things that just get turned on the head like ali g when he's talking to this quite renowned scientist and he's like how big was the big how loud was the big bang and he's going it's inconceivable is it as loud as my mate kenwood in his car because that is like proper loud he's like i don't think you're understanding just how loud he's going It's got like two subwoofers, like in the boot, it's like proper loud man. And this scientist is getting really annoyed with him, but it's hilarious, you know. It's kind of yeah, it's like
2: that's the the thing, like because Sasha Baron Cohen is a a very, very, very intelligent man,
0: yeah, and fearless,
2: yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's that political statement of doing something that is so absurd and so far beyond what you would expect someone to do that. Then it is where the humor is in it. Um, it's
0: kind of Dennis, like Dennis Penis as well. He was doing the same thing. Hmm. You know, but he was a bit more cutting, like interview with Steve Martin, and he says, when did you uh, first realize that you weren't funny anymore? And stuff. <laughs> it was like, whoa, Jesus. Man alive. I
2: mean, it's the difference <laughs> between humor and just being a dick then, isn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah, well, he was he was on that razor edge of you're going to get punched one of these days. Hmm. And I think he was quite close to, to it. But, I mean, I just love the, you know, again, it's kind of like sometimes, like with that scientist, very pompous, you know, stuff. And well, it's it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's kind of like it's not trying to humble them or it's not trying to humiliate them, but it's just kind of you just realise, okay, you're good in your field and stuff, but you might just be a little bit too... <laughs> a little bit too up your own backside. A little bit. And he kind of just brings them down a little peg or two. Yeah. Because he's he's just, you know, he's just a very clever man. It, it seems to have disappeared a little bit really.
2: while well, 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 we're, well, we're sort of working our way through stuff. Andy, what's been grabbing your attention, mate
3: My attention? Uh putting up a fence panel. Did that uh, that replace well I've got a number of fence panels to replace. So I did the first one Yesterday, from it. A... Yep. It should have been a... It should have been an easy job. Um, it turned into a nightmare job because there was six inches of concrete where I wasn't expecting it. Uh, so it'll take me a couple of days to recover from that one. Uh, what else have I been doing? Still been trying to tidy. Uh, oh, put up a network. Cab- putting the cab- cabling. In. It took me all day on Friday to get cable from there actually you know, there up there just out of view to kind of there because there's a very small hole which there was just just enough space to get a cable through but it kept getting snagged and it uh, had lent of stiff wire and try to get wire on there and it did it, it, it was a pain uh, and yeah again awkward positions and things like that uh, today, what grabbed my attention? Uh, John Harvey posted a um, link to a channel that I'd not seen before. Isabel Usman. Surely um,
2: there isn't a channel on the internet that you haven't seen. Yet. Oh,
3: the plague! There are plenty. <laughs> there are there are so many being produced. It's it's hard to keep up. Um, amazing bit of work. She's a, a, a an artist and. Predominantly takes things like books and draws on a page, but then we'll cut some of that page out, and then we'll do a bit on the page behind. It ends up with almost like a three-dimensional um, piece of art that's been created through the book. So I shall be delving into those a bit more. And the other mm. one earlier this week, uh, which really caught my eye, there's a channel called Superfast Matt uh, American. Well, I think it might possibly be. British, but he's kind of he's kind of got that he's American, based in America. He's kind of got a almost European, sort of British kind of uh, voice, but he could just be kind of classy American. Um, is
0: he a, any any relation to Uncle Traveling Matt from the Fraggles?
3: No, Matt's not Max. Um, oh, Matt. And he's he's currently trying to not tr- trying to he is installing um, Tesla running gear into a Mark II Jaguar. So So, it's something like a 1930s or 1940s, 1950s, I'm not sure the exact era. Weirdly uh, enough,
2: I became familiar with this earlier this evening, probably about four, four and a half hours ago, (laughs) as it was... Explained to me in uh, another previous chat by Mr. Multi Makeface had been talking about the very same video.
3: Yeah, it's a um it's a he, he's an interesting chat. I I I like how he. Uh, I'm not serious. I like cars, but I'm not seriously into cars. But I I kind of like how he explains his problem solving. Yes, yeah, like, that we're talking about. I just mentioned a bit earlier. So make his map yeah, creativity and problem solving. And he's using very creative processes to kind of solve problems because he's getting an awful lot of problems because that car, that chassis was not designed for electric motor. Um, so it's, it's it's a fascinating build. It's obviously, it's a, a series. So it's a, certainly one I would recommend. Jamie, what about you? Well, I've been kind of digging along on my,
2: uh... From that prop there, but um, I found it via Jim off of wave cycles again, sort of um, fellow kind of nerd into stuff. Um, but in chatting with him, he was give me a, a brilliant idea on my sort of project to discuss last week about trying to pipe in the hot waste air out of one of my servers to try and. Filament. And he was telling me about a a product that is I'm squeaking away on the mic there, but product that is for um, exhaust pipe design. Yeah. And it is uh, modular pieces uh, different bend sizes and radiuses and stuff. Um but to be able to mock up something like an exhaust pipe with nominal sizing um to then be able to 3D print the part or the way he'd seen it originally was to buy this kit of parts to be able to mock something up with correct bends and shapes and everything in plastic first before you then start doing it in steel and I found a user Xeon Designs on Thinkiverse who's done several sizes of the same thing that you can 3D print and then they just snap together um, and allow you to make um, you know Bends and everything in in pipe. So I've been playing around with that uh, over this week. Um, in terms of YouTube wise, I've actually been talking about you know uh, fantastic couples interactions um, uh, and reaction videos as well. So a, a couple I've been following for years and years and years on YouTube who do taste tests. Um, and I, I don't watch their other countries taste tests, but I love their their British foods, British snacks. Yeah, you told text. me about them. Yeah. And it's uh it's an Aussie couple, uh, Cheeky Tan. Mm. And I mean I've been watching it since probably twenty fifteen or something like that. Um but in recent years she's brought her husband on. And they just got this fantastic you know, they're they're a middle aged couple from Australia, but they just they've got such fantastic energy together. Mm. They're still head over heels, madly in love, constantly just jibes at each other and loads of laughs and giggles. It's just really, really fun energy, and they just they just snack on stuff like kids and then giggle and take the piss out of each other. And it's just really good, feel good kind of. You know, it's just like you know handing your mates a snack that they've never tried and just go, oh, mm. try this. It's that kind of like feel good sort of. You know, and vicariously like eating. Stuff that I'm probably never going to get around to eating, so that kind of scratches that itch mm. that's why I like
0: um Evan and Caitlin because I mean I not necessarily will like everything that they make, but it's the dynamic between them two. You can tell Absolutely. that they're just besotted by one another they find like Evan just finds himself hilarious, you know, and he's just like she's the super organized everything's got to be in a certain way, and he's just like yeah, he's the, the canvas, engineer. But... <laughs> yeah and he just <laughs> loves fire and blowing stuff up or whatever and it's just like i just love like the 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 dynamic between them two, yeah. the energy that they bring the
2: big um, kids living their best life
0: yeah, I mean, I was just, like, messaging them before Maker Central 2, like, are you coming over? And they're like, we're not really sure. And I was like, I was thinking, I'd love to meet them. And then when I saw um, – I've forgotten his name again. Joe's uh, video, I was like, I can't believe that they was, like, stood behind me at Make A Central 1 because I just no, I had no idea who they were at that time, you know? Yeah. I think they were still small, small, like, YouTubers at that time. Now they've hit, like, a uh, hundred uh, – like, a million subscribers. Like – um, that was one thing I noticed this week. Brett hitting thirty thousand subscribers yes. on YouTube. Yeah. That was that's yeah. a big deal. I mean, there's just just sometimes when you just see a creator, I've got a lot of time for Brett. Mm. Um I think just super creative. I've got still a message on my thing there that he, he sent me when I joined the crew and stuff. Um, nice message from Maker Central. Um and it's just one of those things where you're just bamboozled that he's just not bigger. Yeah, definitely. He just like, you know, he, he makes so much stuff and there's so much skill involved in the things that he makes. Um, and I think he's trying to change things up a little bit because he's got the, the home renovation channel and stuff yeah. now. Because um, I think he's probably just seeing how, like, uh, Modern Builds, or his name is that guy. Because um, <laughs> they, they seem to be doing, like, quite well. Um, when it's done, like his bus renovation and stuff. So I mean, there's a huge. I think what one of Jesse's videos with the poop house, when they were just mm. doing a walk around, it was like over a million views or something. Like it's just, it, it's yeah. a big market. Um, yeah. And obviously, he just bought. A hat. Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Brett, and uh, very pleased that you know he hit that milestone. Mm. It's well deserved. It, yeah, I mean, you see like Jimmy, and he's still got like 1.8 million, but like, why haven't you? Why haven't you got like? Ten, fifteen, twenty million subscribers. You know, it's crazy what people. It, it's attention span, and it like Colin Furs, like usually eight minutes long or something. You're in, you're out. Here's some mm-hmm. stuff I made. I've just this thing's just taken me three months to build, but I'm going to do an eight minute video because it's yeah. going to be me like blowing shit up and fireworks, and people want short content. You know, in and out TikTok, fifteen seconds, bosh. That's he it, says
2: three and a half hours into a podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But i could say that this end—not
2: not the other end of it.
0: <laughs> I think uh, people probably knew there was gonna, this was going to be a long one.
2: Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I said earlier on. I, I said it's, it's either going to be a you know a half an hour wrap up and done, or we'll still be here this time tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Well, the thing is, you know, we're, we're all kind of, like, interested in just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we've so, all got the,
2: oh, look, a squirrel kind of disorder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, there was something that Jimmy did on a live Jimmy said on a live stream. He says, you know, as a maker and someone that might have um, trouble concentrating, it's, it's finding out how your brain works. You the end of the day, you know, we are who we are we can't control how how our brain works, we just work with it. So it's finding out what's yeah. the best for it. So for him, it's like having seven projects on the go, because I get bored, like, super easy with stuff. And that's just ADD and stuff I just lose interest I'm not interested anymore I, I, was, I was designing dice trays for, for like two weeks and did all these things and I was doing a lovely like rosewood and I was like obsessed with dice and rosewoods and then I made it and then I not give a shit about it after i had done it <laughs> I was like move on what's the next thing but I learned, how, I, I learned you know, how to do the process I learned how to use the software I did the CNC and stuff worked out how to work nicely with um olive wood, and uh then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in that anymore let's let's go on to something else
2: well, I think that's a, that's the key to life, isn't it? It's just know thyself
0: yeah, I think that, and that's what people struggle with, I think most of the time it's actually finding that happy center mm-hmm. of yourself, um you know, like I don't know, like the rock, for example, he's happy on four hours' sleep a night, being in the gym at three o'clock in the morning sending inspirational quotes out all over the internet and working like the hardest man like in show business that makes him happy and very rich but it makes him happy that's what he wants to do you know if you're happy just I don't know gardening or putting shaving foam in resin or whatever the hell that you want to do if that makes you happy then do it
2: you know within reason that's the thing
0: yeah Um, You know, there's, I mean, like a big
2: sci fi podcast with a load of your mates.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things you go, why not try it? Why not give it a go? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's either going to work out or or I'm going to learn from it and I can maybe make something better. You know, it's now giving me the the ideas just thinking, actually, well, you know, it's not getting crazy numbers, but it might do if you just stick with it. Um, but it's also just giving me the uh, enthusiasm for maybe other projects, you know, as well. And, you know, if if somebody was maybe to like, I don't know, I, I was thinking of putting myself out there to say if people needed videos editing, you know, you know there's going to be people who I'd love to be able to have um, content, I just don't have the time. I'll go, well, I can edit.
2: Hmm. And that's and, a you know, skill to offer because I know that, that's something I'd never want to do. I, there's no chance I'd, I'd want to sit there for hours on people end.
3: do it. I mean, if you look at Bob Claggett, yeah, he's got a team of people now. Yeah. yeah he doesn't absolutely. do any editing anymore unless he really has to. No. Um, yeah. It, it hands that off. He's got a guy. Do, that's his job. Yeah. Hands that off.
0: Well, I mean, there's a prime example of, you know, something taken off. He's He's got this this business model for his channel. He knows how he, knows what, how he wants to present it. And now, you know, he's employing, I think his wife is part-time because she's, like, doing all the merchandise and stuff and sending out. Yeah. And I think there's maybe three other people that he's employing. You know, it's a proper business because they're selling the plans and the merchandise, you know, and, um, and he's getting the sponsorship and stuff like that. You know, and someone turns around and says to me, oh, they're just sold out. It's like, no, they haven't sold out at all. They're just doing well for themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that this is what they want to do. This isn't your idea. This is theirs. They're not standing
3: still. They, all
2: yeah. they've done forwards. is they've changed their target demographic. You are no longer their target demographic. Yeah. If so you don't like it, don't, the don't watch it. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely.
2: That's, that's just one of
0: those things. It's like, I know this is going to sound really a flippant thing to say, but if there's something that you're not happy with in your life, try and change it. You know, when I've Absolutely. worked with chefs, I oh, fucking hate my job. I hate it. Leave. Go get another one. Go find a job that makes you happy. You know it sounds really awful, but if you might you might be in a relationship that's not working. If you're not married, you're not or kids or whatever, you're not obliged to stay with anybody that you're with. If you're unhappy, my neighbours today sounded like they were going to fire bazookas at one another, screaming, and the children. There's five. I live in a flat, a two-bedroom flat by myself, and there's five of them in there, and they must be just ready to pop. I mean, I've, I mean. If there's things that you're not happy with, try and change it. But people are just very happy just to stay in that you know, status quo and to rather just moan about it. Imagine all that energy that when you're pissing and moaning, if you put all that energy into something else. You're the only person, like I said, you can only control your thoughts or your actions. So if there's something you're unhappy with, you have to do something about it. And you know, when I when I said I was in a dark place like years ago, I had to choose to get out of there. I had to choose to, to to not feel the way that I was feeling at that time and to be able to try and change how I thought about the world and my place in it. And I think you're never gonna be totally happy with your place in the in the world. There's always gonna be something to have a bit of I mean, we're British. We do like a moan anyway.
2: <laughs> it's our God-given right, damn it! Especially exactly. Weather. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But there's some people you meet and it's like, you know, I've had a, a friend like in the last few years that we don't talk anymore because it's just all negativity. Mm. You know, nothing's right. Nothing's ever right. Why woe is to me and stuff. And it's like sometimes it's just kind of like, oh, really?
3: And some of that is fed by the media, I think. I mean, I've... Uh it's uh, one of th- m- my dad when he was alive he he was often kind of quite negative about things, and I swear it was down to the fact that he read the daily Mail <laughs> yeah. love it. it's a horrid horrid rag, and yeah i i I was, I was convinced that if he just didn't have that, if he'd read something else if he got his news from a different source, yeah. he'd probably been a bit happier in it.
1: In I think
0: negativity way. breeds negativity.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, and, a bit, and it's the different media, way around, positive. And certain aspects of the media love it. Yeah, it Oh be my god, the yeah, story about. It sells, it's, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
0: That's what we were saying like earlier, you know, somebody would rather pick up a phone and record somebody who's fallen over than go and help them because mm-hmm. there's going to be people out there who, I mean, it is funny seeing like a fat kid fall over or something. That's, you know, quite amusing. like hurt himself or something <laughs> or a guy get a, a football kick in the nuts or something. If he was like in a comedy show, not seeing actually as somebody being like, you know, really hurt. But it is that kind of people do like us to be in that, that bubble of like negativity and just like Twitter and stuff, you know,
3: I mean,
2: it's the the hit, is it? Is seeing someone who's in a worse situation than you gives you that little bit of a dopamine hit, saying, "Oh, maybe my life isn't that bad. Maybe the things mm. I'm upset about, worried about, or frustrated over aren't quite as bad as that person is right in this moment." That, that's like, not me in that crap situation.
0: It's like watching EastEnders. I mean, I don't, but if you ever feel really like, "Oh, my life's shit," you watch that and go, "Actually, it's, my life's actually pretty good." Yeah. I did. When whenever I'm
2: feeling like that, I just go to Asda. <laughs> just listen. Yeah, yeah, just have a walk around. It's great, <laughs> and that would be the equivalent of going to Walmart in in the US. though. it's just the uh, the, the stab at the low hanging fruit. There, for... mm. I, I
0: remember um, being in Astor once, and I was just like looking at some magazines or something, and um, this young girl's like, "Mummy, where are we?" It's like we're in Asda, darling. It's like this place is magical. I was like, wow, uni's got a waitress or something. That shit's going <laughs> to blow your mind if you think Asda's great. <laughs> Jesus,
3: mm-hmm. it's a perspective, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. But the thing is, you know, you know, there's there's people in this world that are like so happy with hardly anything. You know, mm. they they talked about one of the the smelliest men in the world who lives in a cave, like in afghanistan or something and he eats roadkill and he's never washed in like 40 years he's probably happy as hell that guy <laughs> he's got no problems Certainly you don't happy want to be down with-
2: in you know in the in the bowels of london working 18 hour days six-figure salary no life no chance to breathe
0: i mean this thing is is kind of like con- consumerism it's like we're you know we 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 buy stuff and then we make stuff and it's just like we're just this battery that all oh, this worker bees that the the thing that we are but it's like you know you can carve out happiness in life it might be it might be a, a plant box you know you might be in some high rise and you might be make, growing some herbs or something like that it's just you know put these little things in your life that give you just a little bit of spark of positivity or something you know i mean I mean, I've said before, it's like I'm not overly a people's person, but I do like people. I'm very, I love people, but so most of the time, it's like they just, I just get disappointed by people's actions and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very like eager to be getting on with stuff, and then someone's like taking the time, then they give me shit because I'm being overbearing or something. It's like, no, I just want to get shit done. You know, I just want it because I'm enthusiastic about it, but now I'm waiting on you i don't mean like the podcast I'm not talking about the podcast <laughs> because that sounds like I'm just having to go at people, but i'm not I'm just like just i just I think people should just let other people just be themselves. you know it's just when you meet somebody and they just don't fit in your ideal of how a friend should be or something you know there's people in the maker community yeah. that. I talk with quite a lot there's people who are not that interested being in contact with me and that's fine because i don't why should that bother me you know you
2: You can't please all the people all the time can you
0: exactly i mean if somebody wants to contact me and like like the other day there was i think there was an accidental pocket call by red so it popped up on the dark star one chat and i thought it was just red and i was i, I was like talking it's thinking it was a phone call then it was a video phone call <laughs> all, right, all right granddad and then um and then dan dandles and berkey picked it up so we were just chatting just for a bit and it, that was great just a little nice little chat just for five ten minutes it's like but i think that's what the maker community is very easy to reach out and that's why red does texting tuesday mm-hmm because you never know reaching out to somebody who might just make the day. They might be having a bit of an off one.
2: Absolutely. My well, if people wanted to reach out to you, Phil, where's the best place that they could do so?
0: Nice segue there, Jamie. <laughs> that was smooth, <laughs> that, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> smooth. I think I just usurped Andy in that one as well. He's just about to jump in there. Isn't yeah. Just, <laughs> um,
0: so there's kind of two, two main ones. I've got the... Um, Darkstar One Crew uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and then there's just kind of like my normal Instagram, just Darkstar Studio. Uh, I am on Twitter, but I don't really go on that, to be honest. And then there's YouTube. Um, I'm thinking. I mean, this is what I'd like people just to jump in and give me ideas, because um, just it's just isn't how my brain works. Maybe start a Discord or something that people could just jump on and we have a bit of a chat you know about Hmm. something but you know just because i'm so involved in the show people might just be just happy just to listen to it you know that's all they want they just want to listen to it not get involved i mean i've asked people to be in the show and some have just gone no i'm just happy just to listen and that's fine you know
2: but you know the the show is available on youtube and is available on the major podcast podcast platforms
0: yep Yeah, it's on Google and iTunes and um, Spotify, mm-hmm. um, PodChaser or Podcaster or everything. It's on all of them. I kind of have it on the uh, on
2: SoundCloud, mm-hmm.
0: um, and then I kind of post it to that, and then it goes goes all to the to the ones.
2: It's definitely so. well worth a listen.
0: Thank you. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's nice yeah, to hear that. I would recommend it.
2: So I, I, and listen, I'm not to, just the, listen that to the I mean adverts it, but... as well. Listen to the yes. adverts as well. The full, the full universe of the, uh, the world building. I think is, is is such a wonderful thing that you're doing with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like creating the thing like the adverts. How two of them are just were just sent to me. I didn't ask or expect them, and then they just came and they were great. And it's kind of like, okay, what can you do with that? And it's kind of like, oh. Oh that oh, because nice, that sparks my interest, and that keeps me interested, you know the the um like the the crestridge one and stuff, and I put like a little western spin on it and stuff mm-hmm. um or oh, the Troll one from, and I gave it kind of a nineteen fifties kind of shopping channel kind of little vibe and stuff, so that that keeps me oh, what can I do with this? you know, like a little mad scientist, you know kind of thing, um and I love that, and if anybody wants to do that, you know just get in contact and go, I've got this idea. And just let people's freak flag fly, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it goes like with anything, you know, uh, I'm not going to bite your head off just because you've got an idea for the show. I might just kind of be very British and go, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and file that file that under underbin. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, there's going to be so many ideas that people could have that I would never have. And People more than welcome. You know, I'm not just this thing that you can't contact. You know, I'd love for them to to be more
2: collaboration, isn't it?
0: Exactly. You know, I mean, I'm the one putting it together, but I'd love for people to have ideas for the show and come up with different things. You know, that's why I'm talking to people about their backstories and stuff. I want people to be involved. You know, we're saying with the characters and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I'd like the you know podcast just as long as people want to be involved in it. I'll make it as, as long as I can, really, as long as it's enjoyable for everyone involved.
2: Well, talking of long podcasts,
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I am busting for a pee. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm the same
3: here. Yeah, <laughs> not working want... oh, No, it's bank holiday tomorrow, isn't it? Bank holiday. Yeah. Holiday, yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: And I've uh, only had one mine, beer. Have I oh. only had one beer? That's crazy.
2: I've had a couple of large whiskeys. And I snuck in some some um, dried apricots as well, just because I knew we were going to be here for a while. So. Ruffage. Why not?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, let's say goodbye. And you yeah, will we'll see. I think, yeah, next week yeah. we've got Claire Burgess, Claire. if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. uh, from Claire's Crafty Corner. Uh, so that should be a good chat. And I, I suspect we'll be a bit shorter because schools will be back. And I'll certainly have to get up earlier uh next i think be. i think
2: phil's record is going to stand for a long while
3: or if it gets
0: broken i'll just have to come back on
2: it's it, yeah, if, if anyone's going to gonna break it it's, it's gonna be you away. next time <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll do like a 24-hour telephone <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we'll just keep changing the host out to just to, to re- refresh us this is me this is me see on we... an iv <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe make a central we'll have to see if we can run super long make it central
2: Ooh. from the friday night to sunday morning yeah
3: <laughs> that could be quite <laughs> on that good, actually. Mode, I, 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 I could end this at any time because I'm, I'm the guy with the button so i think i shall uh Power. i shall say good i shall say good night old. good night from him <laughs> i will hit the end broadcast thank you for night, listening to anyone that has got this far good night,
0: yeah. yes good night chaps good talk to you